Hello, everyone, and happy Turkey Day. Welcome to episode 37 of Points of Penalties. We'd like to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Kevin, and Peter. Peter, what are you drinking tonight? Thanks, Josh. I'm drinking a Big Rig Brewery, Tales from the Patch, flavored strong beer. It's got a giant jack-o'-lantern on the can. Ooh. I thought it fit the season. Ooh. Is it pumpkin-y? It's a little pumpkin-y, yeah. Not too bad, though. It's not too strong. It's not like a pumpkin spice latte. If you're white chicken enough to have tried that, it's not like that. It's just a just a tinge of pumpkin. <laughs> just, just white dudes here, man. We don't uh, we don't mm. drink that shit. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Jesse. I know you have. <laughs> no, man, just straight coffee. I don't I don't fiddle around with the rest of the other fancy uh-huh. stuff. Uh huh. Sure, sure. Kev, what are you drinking? Oh, sorry. Before we move on, five point eight percent. I'm having myself a Zodiac. Uh, it's a strong beer. Yeah, can looks pretty decent. It's got you know some stuff on it. Yeah, it's yeah, right. I had that one it's already. Six It's pretty good. It's it's going down. I can say that. Jesse, <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> I went back to Mill Street this week and got the hazy organic IPA. Pretty decent. I believe we've had it on the show before. It's a strong beer, six, but only 6%, so Kev, you got me there, but Peter, you're a bitch. Love <laughs> you too, bud. Yosh, what are you having? Oh, well, I went with the uh, the season-type beer, except my season is Oktoberfest season, so I got Fest Beer, the Oktoberfest Lager from Sons of Kent, and uh, it's fucking phenomenal. Reminds me of uh, Oktoberfest, which just finished, by the way, here in uh, in Kitchener, Waterloo, second largest Oktoberfest uh, festival in the world, only next to Munich. But anyway, uh, this stuff's real good. Five point five percent, boys. Looks like I'm the real bitch today. Oh no, Pete, you're still no. I'm the bitch today. Yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the bitch. But I like it. It's tasty. Definitely get this one again. And boys, you wouldn't believe it. I bought two. Come on. Two. No way. I did. I don't believe you. Show me both hands. Uno. Dos. Oh, fuck. It's true, people. It's true. (laughs) How else are you supposed to buy a beer when you do this show? (laughs) Well, that is how you're supposed to. (laughs) I mean, you can buy one and pretend, right? Nobody can see us, Jesse. (laughs) Man, you got to stay true to your beer for the rest of the, the show. Usually I tell you guys I have backups. I always have backups. I got one. That means I have other beer. Well, I got two more. You got two sizes of Zodiac. So maybe you'll be good. It's okay. I'll finish all four today. I have two Zodiacs two and two backups. Four Zodiacs. Get you. What a champ. Yep. Kev always comes prepared. Always. All right, guys. Speaking of champs, we're going to find one here in the uh, baseball playoffs. Big start. We uh, told you guys last week that uh, we we got to go to the last Blue Jay game, which is, I guess, old news now, except for Pete and Kev, who, of course, are going to tell us about their baseballs a little bit. Kev's got some sort of fucking flashy thing, which makes no sense to baseball whatsoever. <laughs> it looks like a fucking lightsaber. <laughs> anyway, Jays didn't make the playoffs. Uh, they were just short of the wild card uh, for the AL 
side in that AL wild card. We had a couple other AL East teams, uh, two that we hate, dislike very strongly. Um, would we wish that both could lose when they go head to head? And they went head to head, Red Sox and Yankees. This was all Red Sox in this game. They beat up Garrett Cole pretty bad. They chased him out of the game after only facing 12 batters, which is crazy for Garrett Cole, who's a fucking superstar. Yeah, one of the best pitchers in the league. And yeah. to be gone, what did he, did he even make three innings? Uh, I don't know. He didn't finish the third inning. No, he didn't. Oh, no. he's only credited with two innings because I don't think he got an out in the third inning. So, right, right. So, three plus kind of thing or yeah, two plus, two, two plus. plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, Schwarber and Bogarts. Jesse's uh, got Bogarts in the old fantasy league. He's going to love this uh, home run. Uh, they both hit homers for the Red Sox. And their pitching was solid with Nathan Eovaldi. 5.1 innings, four hits, one run, eight Ks, and zero walks over his stint. And uh, the Red Sox pulled it out, and they won 6-2. to two. So that uh, that hurt my, my pick for the World Series. Being the Yanks, so that's out. I'm done. Me and Kev are sitting on the bench now. With that, we still have uh, Peter and Jesse are still in it. They got the the Dodgers and the Braves, but uh, we did choose new uh, new brackets, and I took the Yanks in this game, so I lost on that one. So I, took, I did too. Yeah, I, I, don't I took them in front of me. I took shitty Boston. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you guys have your – you got one point so far because of Boston. I, I was not happy about it, but – But then – Did it begrudgingly. Peter, myself, and Jesse, I believe we all got a point for taking the Dodgers in the wild card, where Kevin, I believe he took the Cardinals. Uh, so in that NL wild card game, the card scored early. Uh, Edmund – Tommy Edmund scored in the first inning off of a wild pitch. The Dodgers then tied it up in the fourth inning on a Justin Turner solo home run. And Chris Taylor finished it off with a two-run walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth. And the Dodgers took the game 3-1 to move on to face the San Francisco Giants, which were the number one team in the league. Yeah, St. Louis had a chance to win this game multiple times. They had runners in scoring position constantly. Mm-hmm. But just couldn't, couldn't drive them in. I mean, they had a good... They had a good end of the year. I guess the uh, the fuel just ran out, right? They just couldn't uh, couldn't keep going. And the Dodgers are a hell of a team. So, so you know, hundred win team in the uh, in the wild card is going to be tough to beat every time. So jumping into the divisional series, starting the uh, American League. So two series now, best of five. We've got the White Sox and the Astros. Currently, it is two uh, one Astros. So in Game One, the Astros. Uh, Took that game one behind a Lance McCullers gem. He threw 6.2 innings, four hits, zero earned runs, four Ks, and zero walks. Uh, Jordan Alvarez homered for the Astros, and the Astros won that game, first game, six to one. It was a pretty easy game for the Astros uh, after that uh, after that, that pitching game by, by McCullers there. Yeah, quite the domination. Yeah. Uh, in game two, Correa. Alvarez and Tucker were very aggressive at the plate, combining for four for nine, six RBIs, three walks, and a home run. I believe they also had one strikeout. And this was basically the difference because um, that's all they needed. They didn't really need any other players other than Altuve out, out in the field. And uh, he showed a few times 
why he's one of the best second basemen in the league offensively and defensively with some, some dynamite plays. And, uh, you know, you can say what you want about uh, the Houston Asterix and their, uh, their cheating. Um, they're still a pretty fucking good team. They're still pretty good players on that team. So uh, sure. The, the cheating may have helped them and maybe it did make them or help them win the championship, but either way, look at Springer now in Toronto. There's definitely no cheating going on as far as we know anyway. <laughs> and he's been pretty good when he's been playing. And again, all these other guys still in, in Houston are playing well. Like I said, you're always going to hear the asterisks. They're always going to get the, for the rest of their career, these guys are going to get the, uh, the chirping and the, and the garbage cans banging, but they're still some pretty good fucking players. The Astros take game two, nine, four. Going up two nothing, and then they go to Chicago for Game Three, which was uh, Monday or Sunday evening. Sorry, it was an exciting back and forth game. The White Sox bats finally came alive. They had 16 hits in Game Three. They only had 18 hits in Game One and Two combined. And on the flip side of that, the Astros struck out 16 times in Game Three, and they only struck out 16 times in Games One and Two. So quite the difference there. It's a complete flip-flop momentum, I would say, is pretty much with Chicago now. And uh, the White Sox ended up winning last night 12-6. to They had a little bit of help from Yasmani Grandel, who got in the way but didn't get in the way of a, of a throw home uh, that ended up scoring a run. But in the grand scheme of things, didn't make a difference. Like I said, 12-6 final. And uh, game four is tuesday in chicago i believe it's a tuesday it's an afternoon game it was supposed to go tonight but it was postponed it was pretty interesting to watch that because dusty baker getting so upset about that uh that play because he was trying to say like it was intentional because grandel is a catcher he knows what it's like to make that throw from the uh to first base and the rule is, is you can't do that when you're running to first base, when it's like hit and the catcher needs to throw it there. But when it's coming home, there is no rule against that. Now he didn't stick his arm out or anything like that, but he was well outside the line. <laughs> right. But I, I also read that basically there, the line is there, but it's, it's the line that the batter takes when he leaves the batter's box is actually the line for the, for him running. So, you know, because he was, he started, basically he started in the grass as long as it's a straight line to the base, it's okay. As long as he doesn't stick his arm out or do whatever to try and yeah. impede the ball. Oh, so, he, did, he didn't break any rule for sure, no. but he knew exactly what he was doing. And he just kind of stood there. Cause you can do that even as a running to second base. Cause you can try to make the guy throw around you. Right. right. Yeah. So it, 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 it was uh, like, we were talking about uh, cerebral players and, how Q- QB is one of the most important positions. And then we suggested maybe catcher. Like that's a catcher move right there. Yeah, for sure. And that, uh, that helped them solidify that W and now they're going to go for this uh, next win, which I believe I'm the only one that needs the white Sox to win. So I think you guys all have the Astros. Uh, I want the white Sox here to, to beat the Stros. So let's just go asterisks just for points. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Battle of the AL East, the other ALDS uh, series, Red Sox versus the Rays. Obviously, we just told you the Red Sox got there via the wild card. The Red Sox are currently leading the series two games to one. Yeah, for sure. In game one, Randy Rosarena makes some history, but we're going to get into this a little bit later. 
Nelson Cruz homered for the Rays. And two rookies, uh, Shane McClenahan, pitched five stellar innings. And rookie Wander Franco, who we've been talking about for the last few weeks anyway, uh, he sparkled in his playoff debut, delivering an early RBI double, which uh, was perfect because that's all they needed. The Raids ended up winning 5-0, and this was a pretty uh, pretty standard game other than the history-making uh, plays. Uh, as I said, we'll get into it in a few minutes here. I think uh, there was another history play made there for Juan DeFranco being one of the youngest guys. I don't know exactly what it was, but for being one of the youngest guys, either to get a hit or whatever it was in uh postseason. postseason. Yeah. It was, it wasn't the top, but it was uh, like, I don't know, like top 10 or something like that. Yeah. Well, we had some, some record breaking stuff in game two. Kike Hernandez becomes Boston's first player with four extra base hits in a postseason game including three doubles and a home run. And that included three RBIs. Kike has been awesome so far this, uh, this playoffs. And he's looking like it was a good pickup from, from the old Dodgers or that's where at least he played last. And I think he was a free agent signing, but, but the Dodgers didn't have room for him. Good pickup here by Boston. Uh, Hernandez, Devers, Bogarts, Verdugo, and JD Martinez all homered for the Red Sox. Luplo and J.S. Choi homeward for the Rays and the Red Sox win in a blowout 14 to six. Those games were in Tampa. Then game three, game four are going to be in Boston. Game three, Kevin Kiermeyer hits a line drive, sails over Red Sox uh, outfielder Renfro's head, bounces off the short wall, in front of the Red Sox bullpen, hits Renfro, bounces up into the air, and starts sailing over the fence. You can then see Renfro trying to run towards it and try and grab it, which wouldn't make a difference if he caught it or not. Uh, the ball is over the fence and therefore is a ground rule double. Now, had this ball stayed in play, the runner that was on first base would have easily scored as he was pretty much already at second base by the time this ball hit the wall. But since it's a ground rule double, the runner can only advance two bases as can the batter from where he starts. So he starts at first, he can only go to third batter obviously can only go to second. Um, now, Jess, you're not a big fan of the way that this rule is written, I guess. No, not at all. Um, my big thing is when you knock the ball out of play, you should be penalized, not rewarded, whether it's intentional or not. And like you said, if he caught that ball when it was going over the fence, it would have made a huge difference. They would have scored what he was trying to do. So pretty much you penalize the offense for Renfro making like you could say an error, like it came up to him pretty quickly, but it, it, that's essentially what it is. You penalize the offense for a guy making an error. And that's what I'm not fond about in any other sport. If you go out of bounds, you're penalized in some, in some sort of the way. Like if you're a receiver, you, you in the NFL and you step out of bounds and come back in to catch a cat or to get the ball or touch it, right? You can't touch, be the first one to catch the ball. What you're saying uh, it, 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 depending on a punt and stuff like that, you just can't catch it. 
you can you can touch it if you're if you're trying to catch it to so knock it down. But if you catch it, it's a penalty. As long as you reestablish yourself where you can. If you go out of bounds and then reestablish yourself with two feet in inbounds, you can catch that ball. Do it, Jesse. Mm, Just say it. I don't know about say that. Say Jesse. Come on. Toss it out there, Jesse. Toss it out okay. there. All Jesse. right. I'll challenge you on that. I'm pretty sure if you're a receiver, you have to, you can't be the first one to catch the ball. Now, on a punt, I know if you are the first one out of it, you can't, you can't be the first one to touch it either. So, what are we challenging here? Do you want to do the catch? You're, you're the one that's challenging. <laughs> well, I want to know what you, what your example is of, of what you're saying. You reestablish yourself as a receiver. Anytime, anytime. As if you, as long as you aren't, as long as you haven't, like, if you're out of bounds and then the ball is coming and then you say, say you leave from out of bounds, dive inbounds, catch the ball, and then that's illegal touching. But I think if you are out of bounds and then you go back inbounds, have two feet down inbounds, and then catch. I think Sorry, that's Yoke, a catch. you lost this one. I just I'm just saying I'm on Jesse. Jesse. Okay. Just, uh, just uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll challenge that then. Okay. So but, basically, we got to figure out what the illegal touching rule is. Is basically yeah. what. It, yeah. Okay. So I'm just gonna continue on with this. So like, usually it's a penalty in any sorts of the way when you go out of bounds. You think of uh, NBA. Right. You can't t- if you throw the ball out of bounds, you're you're you lose possession. Right. So that's where I'm getting at. That this rule needs to be changed. Look at the Jose Jose Canseco home run uh, off the head, <laughs> off the head. Right. He was penalized for that because w- the only reason he was penalized for it was because it didn't touch the ground. Yeah. OK, so. I mean, yeah, I, that, I understand what you're saying. So you're saying that uh, let's just say it's a foul ball. No, there's no screen, and the guy goes to make the catch. He flubs it, and it bounces off of his glove and goes into the uh, into the crowd. Should that should you get penalized for that? It's a foul ball. Foul ball. Well, that's in that's in foul. That's out of bounds. At okay. That point. No, that's so, fine. I'm just asking if that's so. So if it's a foul, you're that's just fine. an error because no one's getting like. What are you going to do there, right? Like unless you bounce like back into play and over the wall, like so. The, the only issue I have with this is that they were being aggressive running and they had a chance to score and off of a silly error that was made, they, they didn't get the run. And you could also say another thing like at Wrigley field with the Ivy, if you boot the ball in the Ivy, that's a ground rule double. Right. So it's the same thing. Yeah. So what's the difference? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Jesse's point is that the might make sense for the outfielder to just kick the ball into the Ivy. Yeah. If they're in trouble, and, oh, just ground real double. Instead of like not getting a ball in quick, quick enough, and everything like that. So if someone's going to score from first again, like the same situation, it's a ground rule double. So then my argument to turn that around is blame the blame Fenway because in just about every other park that wouldn't happen. In every other park that, or just about the fence is higher, it would have bounced off of him and hit the fence again, and then would have stayed in. And then he could have kept running around, right? So you can blame the, the wall. Or you can just change the rule that, like, to penalize these guys. Because, like, I agree with you. Like, there's a lot of – I think uh, New York has the same kind of small wall in, in right field as well. Mm-hmm. So there's another thing, right? So you just might as well, and everyone's going to be playing at that field or that ball diamond. You might as well just uh, change it, I think, to make the game a little bit more fair for the offense instead of them getting penalized for the outfield – 
making an error. I mean, you can also say that by getting a ground rule double, there is no chance of you being thrown out at second, right? What if it bounces around and the outfielder has got a great fucking arm and he throws you out at second because it stayed in the well, ballpark? But that's, again, they're making an error, so it's going to be tough for them to throw it out. I guess. And, and uh, one, it was Kevin Kiermaier running there, right? So if someone's, like, maybe Vladdy would be make, get thrown out if he tried that shit because he hits the ball out there really quickly and he'll probably get a big bounce. He might get thrown out, but that's on him. I don't know. I, I think the, the rule has been just fine for the last hundred years. This is the first time this has really ever happened or it's become a major thing. And to change a rule because it happened one time, um, it, to me, doesn't make any sense. And they made the right call on the field compared to what the rule book says. hundred percent. It's a classic sports overreaction, though, to change the rule based on one time it happens. Well, exactly. It happens all the time. I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> I never said it happens all the time, but I'm just saying. It's, no, I know. Um, I'm saying, no I'm, he's saying the overreaction happens all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just don't want to penalize guys for being aggressive and the offense of getting penalized for a, a defensive mishap. That's so my you, issue. Are you saying that, Jesse, with the, the Jose Kosenko one where it hit his head, that should be in the double, not a home run? No, that should have been a home run. Okay, gotcha. It, okay. The, the, that, was, that was the correct call because yeah. it didn't hit the ground. It, just like this one that happened was the correct call. I understand yeah. what you're saying. I you're, would say the Conseco one should be a double. No. Because it, it went off ground. of you and I went over. I, I, I get it. Because what if you jumped up and it went off your glove and then went over? That's well, a home run. It's the same difference. It still hit you and went over. This yeah. one, the wall is basically an extension of the ground is the way I was reading about it. And I, I watched a little video on it. So... So the wall, when it hit the wall, that's basically like it hitting the ground. It's a completely live ball. Then it bounced off him, and that's why it's a double. ground rule double. It's gotcha. weird. Yeah. But. So if it would have hit the ground first and then hit him, then it would still be the double anyways, right? That's what happened. It would no, okay. it hit the it hit, it hit the, the wall fence. and then hit him. Yeah. Well, which which is it hit ground. wall ground him. Yep. So it's yeah, but it still went off him and out. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, if they do change the rule. I think a simple change is just to make it generally you get two bases, but give the umpire the discretion to give an extra base if the if the yeah. situation calls for it. Depends where the runner is. That's where I'm thinking. Yeah, like, and you could easily use video replay for that. Right? I mean, if he's already yeah. halfway to second or on second. No, I think you'd have to be like on second. I think if you're going to give him, especially because in that instance, you're giving him a home. Like you're giving him yeah. a run, right? So, yeah. But. Yeah, Pete, I, I kind of agree with that. If you make it a, a judge judgment call by the umpire by using review, I, I'd be fine with that that rule change. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Are you? I said it more eloquently. I never got the chance to say it. I kept getting interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to explain on why you're penalizing the guys, and I think that you shouldn't be penalizing the offense. That was my reasoning, but I agree with what Peter's saying, is you have to give the ump the judgment of where the runner is at the time that the error is made or it goes over the fence. Right. Well, either way, this, uh, this mishap hurt the, uh, the Rays as Q Red Sox hitter Christian Vasquez, who ends up hitting a walk-off two-run two home run in the 13th inning. Uh, so that, that uh, double could have scored that run, which would have uh, – you know, could have potentially prolonged this game a little more and, and maybe this uh, 
two run Jack by Vasquez may not have been the walk-off. Maybe it was only a tying or whatever, depending on what could have happened, what could have transpired uh, after this, uh, this double. Uh, for Tampa, our boy Ron Wander Franco and, and uh, Meadows homered and Schwarber Hernandez and Vasquez all homered for the Red Sox. The Red Sox ended up winning six to four. Ooh. So just to interject on the challenge that we had. Oh, I was just looking it up. <laughs> I was wondering if someone was doing that. This is what I found. Simply put, any receiver who has by any means gone out of bounds may not catch or be the first to touch any pass. Reestablishing himself in bounds makes the pass complete, but his touching of the pass remains illegal. Receivers out of bounds, dead ball, incomplete pass. Boom. Bang. I knew, I knew you were going to get that one, Jesse. I knew it. Fucker. Boom. You should have challenged it then, Kev. No. <laughs> Don't give more points to Jesse. All right, moving on to the National League. Their division series. Series is, is, series is, 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 is. Right. Dodgers Giants. First time in MLB history that the Giants and the Dodgers will face off in the postseason. Wild. How is this even possible? Both teams are so old. I don't understand how these teams cannot face off. I mean, so I guess they're in, they're in the same division. I guess that's pretty much why, because the wild card only came in in the last however long. So, um, but pretty fucking crazy that they've never never face each other uh, over all these years, but I said, I guess it makes sense when you're in the same division. So the series is tied one, one game. One was dominated by San Francisco pitching Logan Webb through 7.2 innings, gave up five hits, no runs, struck out 10 and walked a big fat zero batters. Buster Posey, Chris Bryant and Brandon Crawford all hit homers for the giants. And it was uh I would say probably a pretty easy win after that uh, after that domination by Logan win for the Giants as they won four nothing. In game two, it was pretty much the opposite. Julio Urias shut down the San Francisco offense and contributed an RBI single to help his own cause, which you don't see too often. I, I was actually watching this game and I watched that single. I was I was cheering a bit just because it's a pitcher, you know, the pitcher giving getting an RBI for his own his own cause, his own game. I thought that was pretty sweet. So Urias had five innings pitched, three gave up three hits, one earned run, struck out five, and walked one. Uh, Will Smith hit a home run for the Dodgers, and Bellinger and AJ Pollock hit both hit two run doubles to break the game open in the sixth inning, and the Dodgers ended up winning nine two. And as I said, they're tied one one. And game three is Monday in LA. It's a late game, obviously. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I think the winner of this series wins the World Series. I mean, that's not a far-fetched statement. Yeah, uh, yeah my winner's in this in this series. I think all of ours was. Nope. Oh, you have the Braves, Kev. Yeah, so I had the Giants going to the, to the World Series. Did you have them win them, winning? No, I got the Rays. Oh, see, I got the Giants winning. Yeah. And I think Peter has the Dodgers winning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was the only one that stuck with his preseason pick. Staying, That's right. True. Even though I didn't have to. Yeah. yeah. Could have diversified a little bit. Could have diversified. 
That's exactly what, what my thought process was like, okay, I can either stay with one team to win or I can pick two teams to win. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I went with the, the Rays. Yeah. Went with the smart approach, but yeah. I stuck to my guns. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. And next up, Braves and Brewers. The Braves uh, just not too long ago uh, finished game three off and they, they beat the Brewers. So they are now leading 2-1 in the series. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. g- game one, oh yeah, I'm the only one that has the Brewers. Fuck. In <laughs> <laughs> game one, Charlie Morton was throwing a gem. Six inning, uh, six innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, and nine strikeouts. That's his uh, his full game, uh, and one walk. Tied at zero, heading into the bottom of the seventh. A former Blue Jay, Rowdy Telez, hit a yeah. two run home run to uh, to take a two nothing lead. And then in the uh, top of the eighth, Jock Patterson hit a pinch hit home run in the eighth to, to bring them within one, but the Brewers were able to hang on and win that game 2-1. It was a monster hit by Rowdy. Yeah, man. For that's, sure. that's part of the reason why I chose the Brewers. <laughs> Just because of Rowdy. I, the only reason I cho- I didn't cho- choose the Brewers because I was like, well, I got to at least choose the land of win at least one series, even though I picked them to the... Like the uh, win the MLB series at the beginning of the season. Who do you uh, trade Rowdy for? A bucket of cash, duffel bag oh, of cash, I think. Pretty well, yeah. There was a, I think there was, I think there was a, a reliever. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a whole Sutter, thing. Sutter, or Suter, whatever his name is. So some salty garbage. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Uh, game two in this series, more of the same with the pitching from the uh, Atlanta Braves. Max Fried was dominating. Uh, against the Brew Crew, he threw six innings, three hits, zero runs, nine Ks, and zero walks. Austin Riley hit a home run for the ATL. And the Braves uh, won three nothing. Dominant performance. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty dominant there. So that was tying it up 1-1. And then uh, Monday's game, Jock Pedersen was at it again. He hit a pinch hit three-run home run. That was the difference in the game. Uh, the game was dominated by pitching. Ian Anderson and the Braves bullpen gave up just yeah. five hits. Danzy Swanson's defense was great and was pivotal in the game, and the Braves won three zip. So, so far, it's been pretty much, I mean, the first game, the Brewers won, but it seems like it was pretty much, it's been all Atlanta, all series. It's been crazy how how uh, low scoring this has been. Like, this has just been a pitching duel. Yeah. Like, uh, it's wild, and I would have thought the Brewers would have won these uh, low-scoring games because they got better pitching, I figured. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, Tuesday, game four in Atlanta. And we shall see how the rest of these uh, series play out. We obviously – well, they'll all be done by the time uh, our next show rolls around, so we'll be talking about who made the uh, ALCS and the NLCS. And uh, – We'll go from there. Oh, moving on from the baseball playoffs. Just the last thing here for, uh, for the MLB is the Hank Aaron award. Uh, the finalists have been announced. This is an award that is given to the best offensive player in both the American and national leagues. And so seven finalists for each league, the AL. Just on the order. Is this like in their order or is you just put your in these your are order? Just, these are just names. There's no order here. All right. Uh, so they're all finalists here. So Shohei Otani, 
Matt Olson, Aaron Judge, Cedric Mullins, Salvi Perez, Jose Ramirez, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Those yeah. are the finalists for the AL. The finalists for the NL, Fernando Tatis Jr., Brendan Crawford, Nick Castellanos, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto. So I'm pretty sure I know one answer to this. The other one, uh, I'll probably get three different answers, but who do you guys think will win in each league? I've got Vlad. Oh, Pete's, Pete's going with Vlad right off the hop. I got show. I got showtime. You think Shohei's going to win? There's no chance Shohei wins. Then. No, like it's, it's definitely Vlad. The only one that comes close is Perez. Yeah, that's what I think too, Jess, for sure. And NL? Tatis. I'm going to go with Bam Bam just for fun. Bryce Harper. That, I mean, that's not, that's not a bad pick. They're both not bad picks. That's a good argument with him because he dominated uh, near the end of the season there. Um, I, I probably can go with Tatis. Yeah, I think it's going to be Tatis. He's he he missed 30 games, He's led the league or led the uh, the NL in home runs. I you know I know it's more than just home runs, but I gotta I gotta go. He had a hundred. 100 RBI as well. Yeah. Yeah. I go with Tatis as well, Jess. Steel bases. Like, the only thing that uh, Bryce Harper does better than him is uh, average. So, Kev, you've got Tatis and Otani. Jess, you've got Vladdy, maybe Salvi. No, it's definitely Vladdy. Vladdy. So, Vladdy and uh, and Tatis. I'm going to go Vladdy and Tatis. And Pedro, you've got Vladdy and, and Harper. You got it. There you go. See what happens. Anyway, anyway, guys, that's uh, that's it for the MLB this week. It's busy. I think we got this through stuff pretty quick. Hopefully we didn't bore everybody uh, with their, their chats and whatnot. But uh, let's move on to the next biggest thing going on in sports, the NFL. Yeah. So the Monday Nighter for week four. Had Las Vegas going to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Herbert Herbert has been lighting up lately through three touchdowns here and hands Vegas their first loss of the season. Herbert gave L.A. a three-score lead heading into halftime with TD passes to Donald Parkman, Jared Cook, and Austin Eckler. But the Raiders got themselves back into the game with a dominant third quarter. Derek Carr led two touchdown drives this period, finding Hunter Renfro and Darren Wallard with touchdown passes inside the red zone. And the Raiders had an opportunity to drive for a game-tying score, but Carr took a third down sack. That stalled the momentum, and Daniel Carlson then missed a 52-yard field goal, which hurt my fantasy, but it is what is what happened there. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Chargers. One, because Brandon Staley, our old defensive coordinator, is there. But they're also the other team in Los Angeles, so I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> but you I'm were, glad. You were a fan when they were in St. Louis. What? You challenged. They were in San Diego. No, the Rams. This is the Chargers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you fucked. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You did it again. You I did, did it again, again. Kev. I did it again. I keep saying it. But I did it again. 
The fuck you giving him points for, Pedro? Because I'm half asleep. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, like they are the team to beat, I think, in that AFC West. Uh, we know that later today that or yesterday, KC lost to uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills, which was uh, we'll get to later. But they're at top of that division, which has turned out to be pretty tough. Um, but I think they're definitely well out in front now. Now we'll talk about the other Los Angeles team, the Rams. That's where I thought we were. You just talked for too long. <laughs> at Skedaddle. So in this game, uh, both quarterbacks ended up having injuries to their finger. Uh, they both had bandages. I don't know if you guys saw Russell Wilson's, but it was pretty nasty. No, nah, man, that was nothing. That was just like yeah, a I didn't fucked think up that finger. Was too bad. No, that was yeah. nothing. I mean, when you when I heard you say something like that, I fucking went right away, going, "How nasty is this?" And I looked at it and going, "Yeah, fuck off. That's nothing." I Kev, I got one for you. Aaron Judge was sliding into second base and he dislocated his pinky finger. Google that one. That'd be sick. It's a whole lot worse. I mean, this one's like probably his pinky probably sticking over here, right? No, I was it was pointing straight down. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, it was like that. But (laughs) but yeah, yeah, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll look that one up. Okay, well, I'm I get grossed out more than you guys, I guess. Then (laughs) you guys have stronger stomachs, but that was that was pretty nasty. He kept trying to put it back into place. And then, but the quarterback did put his finger back in place was Matthew Stafford. Now he doesn't know when this exactly happened during the game. It had to be in the, uh, the second quarter because they're, they were about to go forward on fourth down when McVay pulled it to get the three points right before the, the quarter or the two minute uh, warning. But he said that he had to pull or pull it into place or something like that. He said it was out of place and he couldn't throw the pass. And then when he went into the locker room, he retaped it up and he was able to go because he had a pretty good second half. Got 365 yards and a TD. In that first half, he threw a god awful interception. Um, there was no one around besides Quandre Diggs. It looked like Jared Golf days, honestly. It was, it was, it was a bad one. He, I think he was just trying to throw it out, and maybe that's when his finger was messed up at that time too. But I, or at least I'm, that's what I'm blaming it on. But they came out on top, 26-17 for my lock, which I needed to keep pace with Yosh, which we'll get yeah. into later again. Now, during the week. New England Patriots had said that they were going to release Stephen Gilmore. They threw, threw that out there as a feeler. It was leaked to the media. And then next thing you know, Carolina Panthers send peanuts to get uh, the, the old defensive player of the year. So they will be responsible for $5.8 million of Gilmore's contract. Gilmore agreed to play the remainder of the season without an extension, but he's open to one after the year, which that was the whole reason why he wanted to, he wouldn't play for New England. Now he does have a quad or quad tear or quad strain. And I think he's not eligible to play until after week six, he can get activated. So the whole thing began because they needed a 
cover corner be when they lost a first round pick, uh, JC Horn, who broke his foot on September 23rd against Houston. And then they also traded for CJ Henderson, a first, oh, yeah, I think he was a first oh, top 10 in 2020 to, from the Jags. So I guess he's a project at this point. I can't remember what they traded for them, but a bunch of other stuff happened, which we'll talk about a little bit later with, there was a couple big games between Green Bay and Cincy, which was pretty friggin' funny. Yeah. Uh, but the big game that uh, we all wanted to watch was the Sunday nighter when the against the Bill the Bills against the Chiefs. What a game! Mm-hmm. Dominant win by the Bills, which I think might they have been they're the best team in the AFC right now. 100%. They they won thirty eight twenty in the rematch of the old AFC title game from last year. Allen threw for our 315 yards, three touchdowns while running for another score. And Micah Hyde returned a a pick from Patrick Mahomes, 26 yards for a TD. Now this went off the hands of Tyreek Hill. So that was pretty funny. And uh, this is right when I fell asleep because I was like, oh, (laughs) the Bills got it. And I'm drunk and tired. But... Uh, he ended up turning the ball over with two interceptions and a lost fumble. So he's he has turned the ball over a little bit at the beginning of this year. So it's it's strange. It definitely hasn't been his usual self, that's for sure. Yeah, like he threw his first interception this year in September, and he was like nine and zero in September. So and he's starting to carry over some losses into October now. Manu Sanders, we all know who he is. He's been to a bunch of teams and been doing pretty good with them. Had two TDs. Good start for my fantasy team this week. And Dawson Knox had 117 yards receiving and another TD. So this guy's been lighting it up lately. He's been, I think he has the most uh, touchdowns for tight ends in the league right now. So it's pretty impressive. And the Bills will play another primetime game against... Tennessee on October 18th. It's a Monday yeah. nighter, right? That is the Monday nighter. Peter, are you worried? I would be. I mean, it'd be a good game. <laughs> great game, man. Should be good. As long as as long as the Bills win and fucking Henry runs for 300 yards and four touchdowns, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into Tennessee right now. Peter had them as a lock. Uh, I don't understand how Tennessee had a 4.5 uh, odds again or spread against them. Hey, I don't make the odds. I just pick them. I, I, that's fair. That's fair. Like, I know a loss to the Jets is pretty bad, but like the Jags, <laughs> the Jags are a little bit worse. It's a 20 straight loss uh, for the Jags. I'm telling you, man, the only way the Jags are going to win one is when you get Lawrence to sit. So, Yosh, you said C.J. Beathard was their backup quarterback? Yeah, yeah. I don't so even know who that is. <laughs> he played for San Fran, and he was the backup to Garoppolo. And he has a couple wins under his belt, but he is not, he's not good. And, like, again, Trevor Lawrence wasn't too bad. He turned the ball over. He had an interception, but it, it wasn't too bad. I think Tennessee was just horribly embarrassed that they lost to the Jets, that they were just, like, they're just going to put this Jag team down really badly. Like 
if you look at the Jags schedule, like they, we would, I, I kind of expect them to be 0 5 at this point. Like, that's the thing, Kevin, you're saying that you expect Bethard to, to put, give them their first W, but they've invested a lot in, in Trevor Lawrence. Like, it was a first round pick. You know, they've given him a bunch of money. They're not going to bail on him in five games. You know, Andy Dalton bailing on him in three to five games was expected, <laughs> but. Think you're not going to bail on this guy. I aren't you he, feeling his confidence though? I mean, come on, this guy's confidence has probably gone from fucking sky level to down. I mean, this is like he's, he's never lost any games. He's lost five in a row. So now you pull him and you don't give him a chance to win. You just lose the locker room if you do that. Tell you the 100%, truth, percent, man. I think you lost I, the locker room unless the, he gets hurt. He starts every single game this year. I agree with you on that. They might have lost the locker room because of the coach, but yeah, that's a different story, though. Yeah, but he, I don't think if you put CJ Beathard in, they're gonna they're gonna do much better. No, he'll he, give him the first win. No, he won't. Lawrence is a better quarterback than Beathard, and Jacksonville just doesn't have a whole lot of talent, and they keep selling off the talented guys that they have that they keep taking the first round. So hopefully, this will it'll it, like this is what I expected for the first year for Jacksonville. I didn't think it was going to be immediate at all. Yeah, at least but, I thought Buddy would have a win by now. I don't. I did. Who were they going to be? A- anybody. It's, it's any given Sunday, man. Okay, that's a. But give me an example of who they were going to be. Hell, man! I got to go in and sit there and see the teams that they played. I mean, they're they're, they're close into some of them. They just didn't pull it out. They were close last week, and that's the only game really that they've been close. Like they gave Cardinals, who were you could argue the best team in the NFL right now, a little bit of trouble, but then the Cardinals woke up when they realized they were playing the Jags. Right. And they dominated, ended up dominating by the end of the score. So maybe they could have won the first game of the year against the Texans, but, yeah. but they still had Tyrod Taylor then. Tyrod still played that game. So Mills had a pretty good game against the uh, Patriots defense. Well, Mills hasn't been horrible by any stretch, but but the rest of the games for sure are going to lose. The Broncos, the Cardinals, the Bengals, and the Titans. So, at best, one and four. But I think they're sitting right where they should be at a one five. Mm-hmm. See, I'm kind of with Kevier then, though. You shouldn't have started Trevor Lawrence, though. Why not? Because he's just getting fucking shell-shocked. Uh, you, you have a... You have a point, but you have to get him up to speed, and he's definitely the best quarterback on that team. Well, yeah, they should have brought in somebody else to fill the void. Nick Foles or Andy Dalton? Yeah, some fucking journeyman (laughs) play to come in. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe a a guy like Minshew maybe isn't the guy to keep because he's vying for that starting position for long term. But, like I said, a guy maybe like a Foles or or a Dalton would have maybe been a, a good idea to help him along because Beathard's not doing it much wouldn't to help be, Trevor Lawrence along. It wouldn't be fools. They had them the year before and they traded them to, <laughs> to the Bears. <laughs> I just think that they're just hurting this kid even more in my lines. I mean, he can go as far as the NHL goalie, which I loved Pokey. Pokey was a great goalie until Toronto ruined him. I mean, I don't think, I don't think a decision by a coach makes or breaks a player, man. I think Pokey was pulled up too quick. His expectation was really good down at the, the AHL. When they brought him up, he just went from fucking top to bottom. Where's Pogi now? Anybody know where Pogi's at? No. Nope. Don't even know if he's still playing. 
I just I just hate to see this guy's confidence just being just torn to shit because so you he's got a shit team. So in in, re, in reference to to Pogi, you don't think that any of his downfall had anything to do with himself? It had all to do with the the Leafs bringing him up too early. Brought him up too early, man. Game's too fast. And I said no. this from day one. That Lawrence, this game's too fast for you, man. It's just way too quick. The person has a huge amount of influence in that. If if he can't if he can't step up to the plate and be half decent enough to keep playing as the goalie or as a quarterback, then you are going to get balanced and do nothing. Thus, Pogi. Trevor Lawrence is still five games into it and he's still doing all right. Maybe at the end of the year, I'll agree with you and say that they, he was, he was in too early, but lots of quarterbacks come out first year from the draft and light it up. Lots the thing to say is you're the first overall pick you're expected to start. Yeah. hundred percent. That's what it's been like for all the quarterbacks that have been first overall in the last how many ever years? Go Kyler, um, Baker. Murray? Yeah, of course, Murray, yeah. But that's Kyler, right? So there's there's a lot there's a lot of that has to do with the quarterback. He he needs to be better for sure. I thought he'd be better a little bit better than he is now, but he has a running game with Robinson. That defense seems to be hit and miss right now. There's not many parts to the defense right now. So we'll see. Like it's it's still – we're not even halfway through the season. All right. So, like I said, the Rams beat Seahawks, so I got my W in the lock. Kevin Josh went head-to-head this week in London. Ryan Pitts – Ryan and Pitts – Led the Falcons past the Jets 27-20. Yeah. Pitts is impressive, man. That guy, they just they kept on commenting that the guy's a tight end and he looks like a wide receiver mm-hmm. or playing a big role. What do you use, like the fourth overall pick? Yep. So, like, he's supposed to be pretty good. Fucking guy did a couple one-handed catches that I saw. That was a pretty oh, he'll, he'll very quickly be in the top three tight ends in the league. Very quickly. But it's rare for a tight end to be that in his rookie year. I don't yeah. know. They usually take a year. I think next year is, is really going to be his coming out party. Yep. Wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised there. It also helped that uh, Ryan was missing a couple wide receivers. Ridley didn't play, and I think Gage wasn't there. Gage, no, was, out, Gage yeah. was out, too. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. where uh, Pitts just kind of stepped up and made that uh, in a wide receiver role than a tight end role. He got his first touchdown of his career. Fuck right. I mean, he had a defensive lineman chasing after him, but. <laughs> Still a touchdown. <laughs> yep. Uh, right. So, yeah, Carol Darrell Patterson was the other guy that I, I assumed would have done something, and he ended up doing pretty good there. And they went out to an early 17-0 lead. And then the Jets clawed back to get it to, I think it was 2017. And then Ryan took over and. Wilson threw an interception and it just came out really bad after that. And they ended up winning at uh, the Totten Spur stadium, 27, 20. And London has, hasn't been kind to rookie quarterbacks with Wilson's loss. There have, they are 0 and 5 in the English capital since the NFL started staging regular season games in 2020 or 2007. How did you feel about fucking cheering against the Falcons on Sunday morning, Kev? Either way, man. I mean, the picks that, that that you started off with and ended up taking, I mean, I would have lost either way. 
But I mean, I know it was but that kid. wasn't the question. I want to know how you felt against, <laughs> cheering against your team. <laughs> it wasn't nice. I mean, uh, I, I did end up having my uh, Jones jersey underneath uh, my Crumpler jersey. Uh, I think that might have given you some uh, good luck there, bud. But Maybe. If, you just, if you had just worn one of them, it would have worked out. But you like canceled it out. Yeah. Right. yeah, you blew the magic cancellation for sure. Yeah. But I mean. It, it was fun to to cheer against them, but also fun mm-hmm. to watch them win finally. You know, it was fun to cheer against them. Yeah, why not? They already won one game this season. I mean, whatever they won two, whatever. Yeah. But either way, for me to actually see their first win, I didn't there see their know. first win. But whatever, it is what it is. I mean, I'd rather have a competition this way than just me picking a team. So Jesse's up next, and we'll see how it goes from there, and then now. Start making my own picks. Well, you're falling out of contention. Whatever. So are the Jays. Pe- Peter, we never expected them to be in contention. <laughs> I guess we shouldn't have expected you to be in contention either. No, no. Exactly. <laughs> so Peter and me are at three and two for our locks heading into week six. Kevin is at two and three at the bottom. And Yosh is at four and one at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Really could have used that win there. And let's just be real here. Like, I chose the fucking Bears, and I took the Falcons to win and got Ws. So, <laughs> that's uh, pretty good, if you ask me. It's pretty good, Yosh. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Jets and the Lions. Good wins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to do whatever you got to do. <laughs> I wasn't looking at who was going to lose. I was looking at who was winning. <laughs> Although no, going you, against a losing team is usually uh, a pretty good way to do it, too. It doesn't hurt. No. I remember I, I did like a survivor pool, and every single week I took the team that was against the Browns. <laughs> like it was a couple years ago. Like I, I did all right, and then eventually I fucked up. But <laughs> I mean, that's what I, my plan was, but the stupid Tennessee Titans couldn't beat the goddamn Jets. <laughs> This week's points and penalties MVP, as Josh had previously alluded to, Randy Arozarena, who during game one of the ALDS became the first player in MLB history to hit a home run, as well as steal home plate in a postseason game. He's also the first player to steal home on a postseason game since Javi Baez in the 2016 NLCS game one. And his stats this postseason is a 273 average, one home run, one double, three singles, four runs, two ribbies, two stolen bases, and four walks. So this week's MVP, Randy Arozarena, for a home run and a steal in the same game. And that brings us into the NBA. Josh, why don't you let us know what's going on in preseason basketball? Hold on a fucking second. Oh, here. shit, I forgot. Cheers, Randy Rosarino. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Peter. Fuck. Cheers, Randy. Fuck. Yeah, cheers. I've missed a couple weeks, boys, all right? I've missed a couple weeks. I'm out of, out of Cheers, fun. Randy. Out of Rusty. Cheers, cheers Randy, for stealing cheers, home, boys. bud. All right, let's bounce into the NBA. Huh? See what I did there? Like that. Bounce. Huh? Uh-huh. Basketball? Ooh. All right. Preseason. Has been going on. Most of the teams have played two or three games. 
Uh, so far, just to give you an update, not like it really matters because it's preseason, but the Bulls and the Heat are 3-0. and The Celtics, Knicks, and Nets are 2-0. and Pistons are 1-0. and And our Raptors are 1-2. and They play two more games throughout the preseason, uh, Monday and Tuesday. Like I said, hopefully these uh, preseason games don't mean shit, and uh, hopefully they'll win some games. And Now, I haven't watched too many of the preseason games. I haven't really paid too much attention to it so i couldn't tell you if they're you know playing good or bad or whatnot but the bulls look dangerous well the bulls have got a bunch of players when they got one of those like four-headed monster type things so right the bulls are gonna be good for sure I'm, i'll be i'll be happy for tomorrow yeah i was i was shocked that uh that i heard that he well when i was watching that, that he was there i was like wow this makes this team even that uh more dominant i yeah, think for sure um heading on over to the west you got the Warriors three and zero, Kings, Mavs, and T Wolves are two and zero, and then a couple notables here: the Utah Jazz, who were fucking phenomenal last year, are zero and two, and uh, this big money old man team, the fucking <laughs> LA Lakers, are zero and four, and so those are those are interesting. Now for the Lakers, I hope that the preseason means exactly what they've been doing, and they're going to go over in the in the regular season, but. Uh, highly doubt they go over, but I'd love to see the Lakers uh, keep losing. I mean, like it's preseason. There's uh, load management happening right there. 100%. 100% they're, uh, they're not playing starters or the starters aren't playing the whole game. And I mean, that's pretty much the same for everybody. It's, you know, put everybody in, give them a, a whirl, maybe a quarter, quarter and a half, two quarters, and then yank the superstars and uh, figure out what you have on your bench. I don't see this team gelling at all. Not, not one bit. The Lakers? Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, man. I, I think as, as long as everybody checks their ego at the door, they'll be fine. Right. But that's it, though. Who, who's going to get the last shot? Oh, LeBron still gets the last yeah. shot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. unless you got fucking – I mean, you know what? It'll, it'll end up being whoever's on fire. Whoever's lit, lighting up that game, they'll get the last shot, right? But chances are it's going to be LeBron or Westbrook. That's what I would say. You know, Anthony Davis has already taken a back seat. He already knows, kind of knows his role. He's still a superstar, but, you know, I mean, it's not going to be Rashawn Rondo. He's, you know, he's he's a good player, but he's going to be the – he'll probably be like the sixth man of the year type thing, that guy. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in that, that conversation this coming year. I think the Lakers right now should probably go out there and pick up world peace <laughs> just because. Just because. Why? Why? Because they're all old as fuck anyways, man. Just go grab someone else. Well, you might as well bring Magic back then. <laughs> hey, why not, man? I'm sure that fucker can still play. He fucking play better than all of us combined, that's for sure. <laughs> fuck. All right, so that's pretty much it for preseason. Uh, regular season starts October 19th, which is just over a week from now. And uh, we'll pay a little bit more attention to them because those are when the games really matter. Now, some interesting movements here with, with the Nets. So we've talked in the past about vaccines and the NBA one, uh, we, uh, we specifically spoke about Andrew Wiggins and him being in San Francisco and likely not being able to play home games. Same type of thing is going to happen in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. He has decided that he doesn't want the vax. And so that is basically going to mean he can't play home games. Now, New York city has determined that the Nets practice facility is a private office building and that will allow Kyrie to practice. So he can practice at home. He can't play at home, but he can practice and play abroad, you know, at his other, when, when they're away on the, on the road. So, you know, at least this gives him 
the continuity to stay with the team and the team is going to still be used to him playing, you know, and practicing and whatnot. But this is definitely going to hurt them. There's no question about it. You're arguably your, you know, your best player, your second best player, third best player, one of them is not playing. That's, that's tough. That's tough. Now, Steve Nash has said, uh, he says, I think we recognize he's not playing home games. We're going to have to for sure play without him this year. So it just depends on when, where, and how much. And that's a, that's a huge question right now. So they, they know that other than any time that they go to San Francisco, they'll be able to play in away games. That may not be true in Toronto because I don't know exactly what's going to go on in Toronto. If you're going to be forced to be vaxxed, I guess if you got to be vaxxed to be in the building, you probably got to be vaxxed to play. So he might not be able to play in Toronto, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Yeah. They might have special exemptions. Mm their players or whatever right. i don't know so that who knows about that one in toronto but for the most part he can play everywhere else except for as of right now san fran and then in new york so anytime they play the knicks he won't be able to play anytime he's at home they won't be able he won't be able to play jersey i guess is a little different so he might be able to play in jersey oh no they're not in jersey anymore it's the fucking nets what the fuck am i smoking it was used to be the new jersey nets but now they're the brooklyn nets so they're not <laughs> too late i caught myself fuckers <laughs> anyway regardless it's still crazy that these guys just just get the fucking thing just get the vid man come on i don't know if it applies like that though i think it's an away game even though it's still in new york if they're playing the brooklyn nets i think he can if they're playing sorry if they're playing the fucking nets no he is a nets what's the fucking on the new york team the Knicks, yes. If he's playing the Knicks, New York City that has York, the mandate. Yeah, I know the mandate for home players. But I think if it's an away player coming in, they're allowed to play. Mm. So I, I don't know how that's going to work with the Knicks because they're not fucking leaving. <laughs> but found a loophole, did you, Pete? Like the way I understood this is that an away player, opposing team comes in and they have a not vaccinated player, that player can play. So he'll be able to play in San Francisco then? I think so, yeah. Huh. Because I think it's an exemption for an away player. But you're not I a- think Peter's right. I think there is that. So that's quite the loophole. He's still going to miss 41 games. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, I assume that's going to carry into the playoffs too. Of course it will. Unless things get better by then, right? Like, really good. Yeah. I, I would trade him. That's what I was good. That, that was my question. Yeah, was going to be like, if you guys think he's going to get traded, do you think how will it be on the uh, on the road? Like, he'll probably get a bunch of minutes because they're like, well, you're not doing anything at home. <laughs> like, I'm going to just like kill you. We might as well load manage fucking KD and the beard there while Kyrie's playing. That I mean, that makes sense. It's a weird situation. Like, but like I'm I'm with Peter. I I think they're gonna run them in the ground on the on the away games and then build up some value and trade them. Be interesting to see. Be interesting to trade see. Trade them somewhere they'll let them play home games. See ya. But it like like you said, he's a part of the big three, so it's <sighs> fuck. I should have challenged you motherfuckers. Damn it. Unvaccinated Kyrie Irving cleared to practice at Nets facility, but despite this relaxation, it doesn't change Irving's status for Nets home games. He'll be unavailable for games at the Barclays Center and road games at the Madison Square Gardens unless he meets the city's coronavirus vaccination mandate. So he's fucked. So he's fucked for playing in New York against the Knicks as well. Yeah. Really? So can he play in San Fran at at that too? I would would say no. No. 
because it's it's San Francisco's city mandate that's saying you ha- in order to play you have to have you have to be vaxxed. Mm. I thought that we talked about it though. It was if it, there's an exemption for the away team. I don't think so. I think they should be just pushing this onto them to get them anyways. I mean, you're either going to be an NBA player or just go back to the college thing that you went to college for. I mean, play basketball or don't play basketball. Oh, you mean like his, his major or like yep. whatever he graduated for? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you yep. talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if they're not going to get them done, I mean, why wouldn't you just sit there and say, okay, until you decide to get it, don't you're not playing at all. Yeah, I mean – I think if I was a Nets owner, I would be looking to trade him, trade him somewhere that they, you know, can use him. You get something for him. He's still worth a bunch. Yeah. Does every NBA team have like a farm team? Like the Toronto has a 906. They're not 905 Raptors. Or 905s, but... whatever. Yes. The 905s, 906. The 905s, does anybody like, do they have that? Cause just push them there. Most of them do. I would think, but I also have to have a, I think you have to have a, It'd be kind of like baseball where you have to have a two-way contract, I think, if you get bounced down. I'm not sure how that works that way, but but anyway. So back to the first point. I found this article. It says, if Brooklyn, vis- Brooklyn visits the Bay Area to play the Warriors on January 29th, but there is an exemption for the unvaccinated visiting players in San Francisco. Okay. So Irving would be eligible to play so in that In game. San Fran, he could. But that's based. That's because yeah. they have an exemption. Yeah. But like I said, definitely in... At MSG, you won't be able to play. It's all very complicated. Just get the fucking vaccine so you can play everywhere. That's right. Dumb, dumb. Yeah. And like you said, it, it may, like, you're going to lose your top, one of your top, be- your best players for, for 40, at least 41 games out of the year. And then no playoffs and whatever else, right? That's right. Stupid. It's stupid. Just either fucking trade them or I'd be like, like what we had mentioned yesterday or, or last week, no vax, no pay. Sorry about it, but you don't get paid. You know, now, he would get paid for his, his away games. But do you want to have a guy that's a part-time player? No. Nope. No. Yeah, there's still chemistry in the team, too. So not having him there only for away games. Like, maybe you get something going when you have a couple of road games in a row. But yeah, you're still – it's still not going to be the exact same as it would be if he was there for the home games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine a game seven at home and you can't fucking yeah, play? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when people went out there and bought tickets just to watch that, or that, like I said before, that individual person. Oh, it's dumb. He just needs to get his yep. shit together, get the vax, or like I said, maybe Brooklyn just needs to make the decision for him. Talk to KD and be like, "Yo, man, we can't. How can we do this with a, a part-time player? Like, we're gonna move him. We're gonna get somebody else, and that'll you know to fill that big three role type thing. So, who knows what'll happen? You know." It, it seems like they're content at this point, from what I've read, that they're content with rolling with him for 41 games, which is, uh, to me, a dumb move. But Well, the only thing I can think of what they could do is they can sit there and do what Evander Kane did and just falsify his uh, you know, vaccine. <laughs> I mean, Kyrie's gotten himself into enough fucking issues. I don't think he needs to go on and do that to add to his fucking problems. So. All right, guys, uh, just one last thing here on the NBA. So the NBA Health and Welfare Benefit Plan has been uh, defrauded by 18 former players. They have been arrested and charged 
with uh, with fraud basically so the scheme was allegedly carried out from at least 2017 to 2020 when the re- when the plan received false claims totaling 3.9 million dollars of that the defendants re- received about 2.5 million in fraudulent proceeds so i need this this surgery or i need this uh you know this brace or whatever and it's going to cost uh, 100,000 just give me the cash cuz i already paid for it and there's the cash in your pocket and you never really got that that brace or whatever. So most of what I, what I read on this though, Yosh was about dental. There is about three or four or even maybe more that had the exact same teeth work or um, it's that fucking thing with your tooth and you have to sit and put a screw in uh, implants. Yeah. Well, not an implant, but like what graham cracker had because he had his tooth knocked out. Root canal. There you go. They had root canals and they all had the same teeth. There's like four or five players that had the exact same teeth of root canals that were being done. And that's how they kind of picked up on this. So it's a bunch of money. And this type of shit blows my mind. Like the guys on this list, you know, aren't superstars, but you still made enough fucking money to go pay for your own dental, or your, you know, or your own, you know, whatever. And like, obviously during the season and when, when you're a, a player, everything is, is likely covered. And maybe it's after the fact when you're just a retiree, that it might start costing you money or a portion of, of money, you know, your plan might cover 80% or whatever it is. Obviously we don't know exactly what the plan is, but for these guys to falsify claims, like, I don't know. Chiropractor. He had one with a chiropractor for $7,200 and the guy never actually had any chiropractor work done. Yeah. So exactly. (laughs) It's the same type of shit, right? So uh, so 18 different uh, players, and from what I was gathering, one player's wife to make uh, 19 defendants in this case. So I'm just going to run through them real quick. You guys may or may not know any of them. Most of them you probably won't I know. know. Yeah. So Terrence William, Allen Anderson, uh, Tony Allen, and wife Desiree Allen, Shannon Brown, William Bynan, Glenn Davis, Christopher Douglas Roberts, Melvin Eli, Jamario Moon, Darius Miles, Milton Palacio, Ruben Patterson, Eddie Robinson, Gregory Smith, Sebastian Telfair, Charles Watson Jr., Antoine Wright, and Anthony Roten. So again, not huge names. Maybe that's why these guys didn't have enough money to pay for their fucking dental, and they had to uh, they had to try and fuck the the NBA's uh, health and welfare plan. But it's just it's just crazy to me that these guys are would do something like this. You're you're they're all going to jail you're a pro you're a pro, pro ball player like you got you got some cash like right and they're all going to go to jail anyway just an interesting little thing there i'm sure we'll hear more in the uh in the coming weeks and whatnot as this uh, goes through and you know kev i wouldn't be surprised if they don't go to jail i would they'll be charged yeah. but i wouldn't be surprised if they don't go to jail because is it really a is it really a defense huge, that man. throws them in the fucking slammer i don't know that's huge it's fraud yeah. They'll get house arrest. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> community service. <laughs> yeah. Fines. That kind of thing. Well, Kev, you were saying about the NFL players doing it too. So I just I kind of recalled it with the NFL PA. So Clinton Portis was the biggest one that I noticed. And it says that he could serve a penalty up to 10 years in prison. Oh wow. Man, it's fraud. It's fraud. And I'm already, I already, I've heard that already one NFL player has already, um, you know, complete, um, I went guilty on Oh, he, Port, Portis went guilty. 
Yeah, that's the person. Then. Yeah, yep. So he probably got a reduced sentence of some sort. Of course. But because he, he said he was an idiot. And, it, that's all. and uh, the fraud included only just under $100,000 American. So it's not even like for these guys, not even that much. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Like, it's it's just crazy. that Like, Portis, Portis was a great player, too. So And he got a second contract, too. So it's 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 weird that he's going around doing this shit. Trying to melt the system. Okay. Before we move off the NBA, I had a brilliant thought while we were talking about that. Shoot. One for one trade, Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving. Who says <laughs> who says no? The Nets. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent the Nets say no. Is half a Kyrie Irving not as good as Ben Simmons? Maybe I guess half, and then depending on his <laughs> you got. on his contract length, you might be able to convince him. You know, I mean, that's the big thing. You, if you trade for him and then are able to convince him to get the backs and then he can play for you, you're way ahead, right? Oh, well, you're, yeah. yeah. Well, can he play in Philly, though? As right now, I think yeah. he can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, too, is I don't see Philly trading him to someone else in the East. It would definitely go to the West. Not for Kyrie Irving? Yeah, if you're getting a better player, you probably won't care. Well, yeah, I guess. But I guess, I, I guess that's, that's a good point, too. But they still – that's like their toughest. Maybe the Heat's the second one in the East. There, that would be your toughest in the postseason. On the Bucks, yeah, the Bucks for sure. Okay, yeah, you're right. The Bucks, you're right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, you're. I mean, all those, all those teams. So anyway, that's it for the NBA. Pete, what's going on on the ice? Yeah, so a couple big signings to start us off here. Uh, Mika Zibanejad signs an eight-year, eight-point-five million AAV extension with the New York Rangers. He is 28 years old and was a point-per-game player last season with uh, 24 goals, 26 assists in 50 games. So it's it's solid value for money right now. The AAV is fair, but I think the term is really going to hurt the Rangers down the stretch here when he's a 36-year-old man still getting paid $8.5 million. I don't think he's going to be nearly worth that. So I think they're going to regret this a little bit long-term, but uh, it's a solid signing right now. Wouldn't the cap go up? It likely will go up, sure. So $8.5 million, still a lot of money. And the Florida Panthers locked up Alexander Barkov, their franchise center, uh, for eight years at $10 million per year. Uh, now, almost all of that money is in signing bonuses. I think he only makes a million dollars a year in actual salary, which was a bit surprising to me since they're the Florida Panthers. I didn't think of them as a super uh, wealthy franchise. But apparently they've got... Plenty of money to pay Barkov. And Barkov won the Selkie Trophy last year as the league's best defensive forward. He also won the Lady Bing as the NHL's most gentlemanly player in 2018-19, which generally is just an award for the best player with really low penalty minutes. Pussy. <laughs> and so he's 26 years old, and I, I have no issue at all with this deal. This is money well spent. He's a superstar in this league. Uh, even if you maybe haven't heard of him all that much because he's in Florida, but he's a really good player. Brings us on to the uh, capacity restrictions for sports venues in Ontario. It is official now that indoor sports events in Ontario will be allowed to proceed at 100% capacity. This came into effect, I think, Saturday morning at 12 a.m., 12.01. And so now the Canucks are the only NHL team that will not allow 100% capacity to start the season. They remain at 50%. Uh, 
there was some discussion on whether the Habs were going to allow 100% or not, but they have. Uh, so the Canucks are the only one. Now, is this something we have to show, like, uh, proof of vax to get in? Uh, absolutely. we got to show proof of double vaccination to get in, which apparently for some of the preseason games, it took, like, an hour to an hour and a half to get in. So hopefully they've figured that out. But, yeah, it's good to see. It's good that the house will be full starting Wednesday when they open up the season. Against it's Montreal. It's definitely a good, you know, a good thing, not just for the attendance and for the the experience that'll be there and, and whatnot, but that just shows that we're actually starting to get somewhere, you know, as a whole, as a community, as as a country within this pandemic, and that's fucking great. You know, it's there's still numbers. There's still probably always going to be numbers, but if we can keep them under control and uh, get back to Life as it was a couple of years ago, I think everybody would be uh, much happier. And but this is a great step forward. I kind of think that your numbers yeah. that are happening right now is the people that are not being vaccinated. Well, yeah. How much we can do about that, buddy? Not at all. Trade them. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'd like to trade some of my fucking coworkers. <laughs> no, that's not because of the vax, though. <laughs> it's just in general. Competence. Yeah. <laughs> You and me both. So Carey Price takes a leave of absence from the Habs. Uh, he has voluntarily entered the NHL's player assistance program. It's a minimum of 30 days before he can return, uh, but it could be longer, depending on how his, his program goes. Uh, there's been lots of support across the league and from fans for him making this decision. And I think it'll be a good boost uh, to getting rid of the stigma around mental health for such a prominent player like Gary Price to enter the program voluntarily, especially right at the start of the season. I think it's, it's, it'll be a good step forward for, uh, for mental health awareness. And uh, hopefully whatever's going on with him is, is resolved uh, sooner rather than later. So even though he's a hab, you don't want, you don't want to see people suffer at all. Is this like uh, just a mental health or is this something to do with like any um, drugs or? I think it's a mental health and substance abuse program. We don't know exactly what he entered for. And that's his right. business. But what I understand, it's mental health. But I think that's probably yeah, the case. But it could definitely be either or, or both. Like on pain pillars sort of thing. Like I can't see a booze, but I mean, pain pills. Because I know with the, he had a uh, bad knee injury, so I'm sure doctors are just sitting there. Here, take this pill. That'll make you feel better. I mean, that's what Robin Lehner's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robin Lehner's saying that like, not even the doctors is saying that. It's like the medical staff that's not doctors just like here, have some pain. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need you don't need no prescription. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll hope we'll hope Carrie Price can make a. A good recovery and get back into into playing shape sooner rather than For sure. I wonder if it has something to do with the media and the fans in Montreal too. They seem to harp on a lot of their goalies. Could be definitely possible. I guess the the media is you know you could say it's part of your job. It's part of the part of playing on that team. But then you can make the same argument with Naomi Osaka there in tennis, and it's the same type of thing. Like she she gets you know he, she can't handle the. The scrutiny and whatnot from the media and, and Jesse could be very, very right that it could be exactly the same type of thing. It just those those fans and, and the media there are, are just seem to be really, really tough on goalies. 
Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's possible. No, I, I I don't think there's been much criticism of Carey Price like this summer. After going to the Stanley Cup final, I don't think anyone really blames him for the loss. Maybe I'm wrong, but I certainly don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> he definitely got them there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? Montreal's a different place. Maybe there are people out there that are blaming him for not getting them. That's Stanley Cup. Fans are just brutal. Only sometimes. Anyway, let's move on to uh, trade. Uh, Oli Uolevi has been traded to the Florida Panthers for defenseman Noah Jolson and forward Yuho Lemiko. We can't hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yuho. Not me, hope. Yuho. <laughs> uh, so Yule Levy was drafted fifth overall in the 2016 draft, which is the Matthews draft, and was the highest drafted and highest rated defenseman in that draft class. He is 23 years old and played 23 games last season, recording three points. To this point in his career, he struggled to live up to the hype of his draft status and really establish himself in the NHL. Uh, but he's also only 23 years old. Some people take longer than others. I don't think he's full on bust quite yet, but he's certainly on that path. So he was traded for Juleson, who scored two goals and assisted on six others throughout 48 games in his career. So not exactly a world beater, this guy. He's 24 years old, was originally drafted 26th overall in 2015 by the Canadians. So sort of a similar player where he was a highly drafted player, not nearly as high as Eagle Levy, but he was a first-round pick, and he really hasn't lived up to the expectations. Uh, maybe a change of scenery for both guys will be what they need. And also, Lamico was drafted Yuho, by the way. <laughs> Yuho, 65th overall in 2014, and put up four goals and one assist in 44 games last season. So again, nothing to write home about. But if not traded, Yuho Levy was likely going to be placed on waivers where he would have been able to be claimed by any team in the league with no return for the Canucks. So expecting that he would have been claimed, they traded for what they could for him at this point. Might as well. Didn't get much, but... Pete, I'm impressed you uh, you kept all those Scandinavian names fucking straight. Fucking Yolovi and Yuho and fucking Yamako and whatever else the fucking names are. Thanks, Pedro, for being on this, uh, this episode, bud, because I had to do it, and there's no fucking way <laughs> I was going to say it. Kev would have struggled on that one. Sure. <laughs> Who are you calling a hoe? <laughs> <laughs> so, some breaking news today. Five players on the Seattle Kraken have been placed in the COVID protocol the day before the team's inaugural game. <laughs> Against the Knights, right? Uh, I'm not sure who they're playing, actually. Pretty sure it's the Knights. Might be the Knights. Okay. So Donskoy, Jarnock, Johansson, McCann, and Alexiak are all not going to play. They're all in the COVID protocol. Is that Penny's brother? I think it is. Yeah. I think we talked about that yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. I just got a notification. The Seattle Kraken have named their first ever captain, and it's Mark Giordano. Of course it would be. That makes a lot sure of sense. Is, yeah. Good on them. And you know what? I, I saw Shaq wearing a... A a Seattle jersey and a Kraken jersey that's got the big S on the front, right? Is like the caption on the, on the photo said, "The S now stands for Shaq." <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how these uh, these Kraken do. You know, yep. 
it's a it's a team full of Defense. not misfits, but it's a team full of guys that other teams didn't want, essentially, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there were guys on that that they could have selected, like Carey Price. They could have. Well, that's based on that, money and. Well, yeah, that would put them over if they took Price. No, they're still well, not still, but they were. They got all kinds of gapper. I'm pretty sure they could have fit Price right in and not changed anything. Imagine, wow. Well, there'd be fucking hell to pay in Montreal if that happened. Bergevin would be gone, fired. Maybe that's why Kerry's in the program. Maybe he goes. He was stressing out. (laughs) Holy fuck! I might have to go to Seattle. (laughs) But we shouldn't speculate about such things. Sorry, Kerry. My bad. We love you, Kerry, even though you're the enemy. We love you when you're wearing red and white and not the Montreal red and white. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Which would be interesting to see because that's coming soon. So hopefully Kerry is uh, good to go by then. Uh, let's move on to the Maple Leafs. A little bit of Leafs news today. Matthews has been uh, confirmed that he's expected to miss at least the first three games of the year. Still recovering from the wrist surgery that he had in the middle of the summer. Uh, so hopefully it's not more than the three games, which I assume is just the one week. But we'll see. And Ilya Mikheyev is out for eight weeks with a broken thumb suffered in a preseason game. Which is a shame because he uh, he was pegged to get his chance finally in the top six alongside Tavares and Nylander if he had stayed healthy. He's been griping a little bit about the ice time he was getting. He requested a trade apparently in the uh, in the past season. Isn't it the same dude that got his wrist slashed by a skate? Yes. So he's had a few unfortunate injuries now. This one is obviously much less significant than than the one you're talking about, Kev. Uh, that was a serious injury, getting his basically his tendon in his wrist slashed. They call him Cobra now, apparently, because he walked around with his hand like this. <laughs> it's it, isn't it like the GI Joe kind of, you know? Yeah, for those listening, if you can imagine your your wrist, uh, try, try and touch your elbow <laughs> <laughs> on the same hand. That's what it looks like. <laughs> No pinky out. No pinky out. No pinky. Sorry. No pinky. Reminds me so much of dodgeball. (laughs) (laughs) The global jimper. Blade. Laser. Blazer. Oh, shit. You know what? We got to start adding fucking dodgeball into their show. Dip, dodge. We'll have to subscribe to a fucking. But none, none of us get ESPN. Yeah, the, exactly. the yeah. <laughs> get Pat Pat O'Hulian in there. <laughs> Patches. Patches O'Hulian. Patches O'Hulian. Uh, should have thrown up a challenge. Although Pat, Pat we already got two of them. Yeah, that would have been a tough they, one. They, they, that, that's his short form. But yes, his full name is Patches. So hopefully when McCabe comes back uh, in eight weeks after recovering from the broken thumb, he can slot him into that top six where he was apparently wanting to be and put up some numbers finishing has always been where he struggled so hopefully he's able to finish with Tavares and Nylander if that spot's even there for him still after eight weeks and last bit of Toronto news uh, Adam Brooks who was placed on waivers was claimed by the Montreal Canadiens those fuckers uh, so Adam Brooks if you don't know is he was a young guy coming up in the league system he was right on the brink of making the NHL uh, he's played a little bit and looked looked decent when he was in the NHL, and he's been doing well in the AHL. Uh, I think they call him Prairie Jesus because he's from over there somewhere. 
Does he have long hair at least? <laughs> and a beard? Like, <laughs> anyway, he's uh, he's a Montreal Canadian now, which is no fun. It's, I like Adam Brooks. He's a good playmaker. Oh, I heard the Leafs signed Josh Sangho Park. Josh Hosang. Yeah, Hosang. Hosang Park, yeah. right? Not just, just Hosang. Hosang. Okay, Park is my – oh, that's a baseball player. Hosang Park. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm going to have a hot take here. Watch for him to be in the NHL by midseason. Yeah. Okay. It's maybe not super, maybe not super hot take, but I think he's, uh, I think he's pretty good, and he's a young kid, and I, I think he's gonna end up making it up. Yeah, he's a former, uh, former high end yeah. pick who didn't really put it together. He was on the lease on a PTO, which was just a professional tryout, and they ended up signing him to an AHL only deal, uh, so he can only play in the NHL, AHL right now. Uh, but they can always send him to an NHL deal and bring him up. So, like you say, midseason, he might crack the team. And he looked he looked decent yeah. in the preseason yeah. games. Uh, so hopefully he can find the skills that made him a high-end pick and uh, put it together for the Leafs. That'd be yeah. cool. So, season starts tomorrow, boys. Most important question of the day. Who is your Stanley Cup winner? And we're going to do the usual. It's worth what do we do? Just one point for our correct guess or three points? What one do we do? point for this because it's so early, and then we'll do our bracket later on, and that'll be worth your points of two, one, zero. Two, one, zero, minus one. So this will just be one right, point right, if you, right, you right. pick the right one. Just like the baseball yeah. that's going on right now. Yeah. Fair enough. So, Kevin, why don't you let me know who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year? I'm going to go Colorado. The Colorado Avalanche, the favorites. That's a good choice. It's a good chance they put it together this year, and uh, they are the team. Josh, what do you think? I've had a tough, uh, tough go at this, been thinking about it for a while now. Did you ask I Google? This, I knew this. Uh, I knew this question was coming up. I did ask Google. I wanted to see what the uh, projections were <laughs> and the uh, what the odds and whatnot were. But I figure after everybody fucking hates on me for taking the Yankees, and you probably think I'm going to take Boston, but. Don't you dare take a Boston. But team. I'm not gonna do it. Oh, I'm not gonna <laughs> do it. I'm gonna stay home. I'm taking the Leafs. Come on. Ooh. Uh, you I'm took the make me laughs. Make sure you put yep. the make me laughs right there. Make they're me getting, laugh. They're getting out of the first round this oh, year. Fuck. They're shake your head, all bud. All the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> going all the way, boys. I'm gonna uh-huh. fucking just like just like you were saying all year, Kev. Blue Jays are winning the World Series. Now you get to listen to me saying the Leafs are winning the Cup. Holy fuck. I love it. It's bold. It's bold. It's not that bold, though. They're a great team, but they just can't get out of the first fucking round. But I love it. I hope it happens. Jesse, who's your cup winner? Here he comes with Boston. No, it wouldn't be that. I, don't, I can't stand Boston. I, I will end this Zoom call. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> Whatever. I made two points this, this show. <laughs> Not after you pick Boston. <laughs> Boston's just an automatic negative two. Doesn't matter what sport. It's a minus for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the three-peat. The Tampa Bay yeah, Lightning going Tampa. for back-to-back-to-back. To back-to-back-to-back. To back. Back to back. It's going to be super rare and... It'll be just fun to talk the most shit about them getting a three-peat. That's that's all I'm going for. <laughs> now, the question is, are they going to have a big LTIR fucking cap? Of course, of course. <laughs> they decided not to change their rules. <laughs> uh, well, I will say that 
if there was ever a year for it to happen, it's probably this one because the past two years, even though they've been complicated and difficult for all of us, there hasn't been as much hockey as there usually is. So you, usually a three-peat is hard because you're playing an 82-game regular season plus however many games in the postseason, at least 16 wins plus however many losses. But these past two years have been less because of COVID. So you never know. So this might be the time. as well then for, for Tampa, the playing yeah. less games. Yeah. Hasn't happened since, I think, the Islanders in the 80s or 70s and 80s, yeah, where they won four. That's right, Kev. Are you taking Tampa as well? Oh. No. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was going to take the Leafs, even though they've pained me Fuck so much. Them. But I'm not going to because Josh did. I'm going to go a different route. Philly. No, no, fuck Philly. It's Peter, not Ross. It's <laughs> <laughs> my brother who's a Flyers fan. Uh, I am going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. They've been flirting with it. They've been close pretty much ever since their induction into this league. I think this is the year that they pulled together. Lender is a goalie. Why not? The guy's got too much stuff going wrong, man. It, it just – I don't see him doing it. I can't. Sorry. Lend, Leonard's got too much in the head case. He seems like he's all there to me. He's he's a bit outspoken, but he's – Outspoken? Oh, yeah, I guess he is. Yeah. He's very outspoken, I can tell you what. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's uh, he's got it all put together, and I think he's a, a good goalie. So, oddly enough, that was – that was going to be my pick as well. Like I was going to go that way and not take the Leafs, but I decided to go to the Leafs. But then I also took Vegas at the end of last year, so I wanted to switch it up. And that's why I ended up yeah. going with the Leafs. But it's Fair funny enough. that we were both on the same page. Like Leafs, <laughs> Knights, Knights, Leafs. Uh, yeah, I was the same thing. If someone took Tampa, I was going to take the Golden Knights. I was going to take Tampa. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because they're a division rock. Okay, so we've got our picks. And that wraps us up in the NHL. So, Kev, why don't you let us know what's going on in other stuff? I'm going to bring up some WNBA since we are into the finals with uh, with the ladies. Now, both uh, the Phoenix Mercury and the Suns reached the finals this season. It's the first time a single city had their WNBA and NBA teams reach the finals in the same calendar year since Los Angeles in 2002 with the Sparks and the Lakers. <clears throat> now, if we go on to game one, uh, the WNBA finals started on Sunday where the sky, or sorry, where the six sky players finished a double digit scoring led by um, Kalia um, Cooper who had a 21 point and 10 rebound as Chicago beat Phoenix to take game one of the NBA finals. Uh, guard Deanna Teresi had um, very, sorry, had very reasons to claim fatigue, took a role in her, uh, in, in that game. Game two starts on uh, Wednesday the 13th. She just had a baby, Diana Taurasi. Yeah. So, and she was actually just named the the fan's choice for GOAT in the WNBA. Yeah, man, she's so in her she, 40s for sure. So she's uh, – uh, I'm going to challenge. I don't think she's in her 40s. She's younger than that. I don't know how old she is. Do I got to give you guys a number or is under 40 okay? Pick under 40. 
All right, cool. Uh, anyway, well, but hang on. What if she's forty? When Kev, well, Kev yeah. says, okay. Kev said that it was because yeah, I say under forty. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, she's a superstar. Like I said, she just won Fans Choice for Goat of all time in the WNBA, and uh, she was just inducted into the Hall of Fame this past year. So she, uh, which is crazy to be inducted in the Hall of Fame when you're still playing. Uh, that's confusing. Yeah. She is 39 years old. Boom! <laughs> right on the cusp. What, when's her birthday? June 11th. But she just turned 39 a couple months ago. A couple months ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, got a point. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically just even, but still. <laughs> I prefer if you take those points out, Jesse. Uh, any point I can get, bro. <laughs> Any point I can lose for you guys, I'm, I'm well willing. Thanks, just Kev. Just don't lose the Jesse. Yeah. Try not to. And we're going to get into our crappy football league here. Um, we still have a game that's going on. Uh, still like, a, what, there's a two minutes left in that game. But we're going to go on on Friday the 8th, where we had the Elks taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, in which the Blue Bombers uh, won 30-3. to three. I'm telling you, these, it these just blue solidifies bombers, your pick again, right there. Yeah, man, like, these fuck. blue bombers are never going to lose another game. I mean, I'm telling you, these guys are going to just take <laughs> like, over. And ever? Win. No, ever? I don't think ever. I don't think these like, guys never ever. Hot take. <laughs> no, fuck, I'll challenge that if it's ever ever. <laughs> I don't think uh, I won't get a point until fucking a year from now. But <laughs> I don't think these guys are going to lose this year. In regard, they've already lost one. I don't see them doing it again. Uh, these guys are just dominant. Just, just. Pure domination. And then uh, on the Saturday, the 9th, we had Calgary with uh, taking on the Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders. In which, Rough Stamp- Rider. in which the Stampeders won 22 to 19. Um, today, they had the Ottawa Red Blacks taking on the Montreal Alouettes, in which Montreal goes on to win 20 to 16. And then, like I said, uh, we have the Hamilton and Toronto game, which is like two minutes left. And Toronto is up by one with uh, so far leading 21 to 20. Holy shit. Oh, they were nice. down. They were down. Like they had two points earlier. They were fucking down by a mile. Yeah. Well, so, we could see a rouge tie of this game. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Would be- My dad's oh. actually at the game right now. Oh, nice. So from what I'm looking at the the scores, the Hamilton scored nine on the first um, and then scored three. Toronto scored five. And then uh, Hamilton scored one in the third. And then Toronto took over on the the fourth with 16 and Hamilton only has seven. So, yeah, this could actually go to a field goal miss and that uh, could be a tie game. So that's what's going on with our crappy football league. Um, going into what I like to see every now and then when I was a kid is watching these Shriners run around with their little bikes and their hats. <laughs> it's lots of fun to watch those little, little oh, not little, but old men flying around the, the streets. But we did have the PGA Shriners uh, Children's uh, Open winner, uh, Sanji M with a minus 24. Second uh, went to Matthew Wolf with minus 20. Third went to Adam Shinnick, um, which would, uh, I guess, be your top three of the Shriners Children's Open. 
Yeah. How many of the superstars are playing in these? In these, because like, the season is pretty much over right now, right? It's, yeah, this is kind of just major going on. Yeah, there are definitely fill-ins. Yeah, I mean, there it's just ones that I always like, I record, and it just pops up on my my television, so I, I keep a watch on those ones. Uh, boxing. Now, this is quite uh, the comical person. Tyson Actually, Kevin, Fury. before you ju- before you jump into boxing, can I just say something about golf? Sure. Um, so. Your boy fucking DeChambeau and your boy Kepka are going to play against each other, finally. That's going to be awesome. That's like the Tiger and uh, Mickelson kind of thing. Right, so they're doing the match. Um, so it'll be, I guess it's I guess it's going to be match play. Now, I don't. I haven't heard of who the other players are, if there's going to be other players. I think it just might be them, just two. It's just the two of them? That's so. going to be awesome. That's going to be much CTV, not Mike for the up. golf. Mike them it'll up. Be, oh, but for sure they will it'll be awesome just to hear the chirping back and forth and just little things. And I could see it. I could see it getting pretty chippy down the way. I think at first they'll be, they'll be pretty, uh, uh, you know, respectable of each other and whatnot. And then as things start, you know, somebody gets down or one, you know, when, when DeChambeau pisses Kepka off or whatever reason for taking too long to shoot, then things are going to start getting chippy and then it's yeah. going to get fucking funny. So how come you can't hit 400 yards? Yeah, exactly. There'll be <laughs> shit like that for sure. So I'm just trying to find the, uh, the, the thing is, yeah. So it is November 26th. So Thanksgiving weekend. So we're going to have a big weekend of football and some golf just for sure. This year I'm taking it off and it's going to be, yeah. uh, it's going to be good. Man. That's every year for me. And the thing is about that, because I remember watching the Mickelson and, and Tiger, Tiger one. They went to overtime and they were they just kept giving people uh like they kept going into the next or the next uh not the next hole because it was the same hole, but the next round of that hole. Mm-hmm. So like they wanted someone to win on a good putt. So like if they were like three feet from the hole, they would just give him it or they would just pick it up and walk because they are pretty much refing everything. Because so it'd be interesting to see if, if they do get to overtime in that, if that happens for because these guys don't like each other, they'll be like, You better fucking make this putt, and yeah, everything for like sure, that. yeah. <laughs> but there was a few times both Mickelson and Tiger told them to pick the ball up and like, Don't worry about it, we'll just play another hole. And they didn't want to, they didn't want someone to lose it, they wanted someone to win it, yeah. So, and I guarantee you that will not be the case with these guys. <laughs> That would be interesting to definitely watch, man. That's for sure. Lots of fun. But again, with regards to some fun, we got some boxing with Tyson Fury. This guy's an absolute character. If you've never seen this, uh, anyone? Have you seen his? Yeah. yeah. This guy is definitely a character. Now, I know this is a trilogy that uh, has gone on with these, uh, these two boxers. But the first match, um, no one won. So Fury didn't actually take a loss because he is undefeated. And uh, going on to the trilogy, uh, Tyson Fury um, got up from a two, two fourth round knockdowns and stopped uh, Deontay Wilder in the 11th round Saturday night, retaining his WBC title in a thrilling conclusion of an amazing heavyweight trilogy. He knocked him out. He, he done him good. I watched a little video clip of all the knockdowns and they were all pretty good. And both at times, both fighters were right fucking out of it, like dazed and confused. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was, uh, it was pretty good, man. 
Uh, like I said, I didn't watch the whole fight, but I saw some highlights, and uh, it was a, it was a hell of a fight. Well, these guys are big dudes, and they're throwing huge haymakers at each other. Yeah, for sure. But this is the second time in 20 months that Fury has done this. Challenge, this is a trilogy, the third. I said it's the second time in 20 months that he's knocked him out. Oh, knocked someone out. I mean, he challenged. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but is it trilogy within the last 20 months? But I never said a trilogy. I I know you didn't. I know you did. That's what I'm saying is that what you said was probably fine. It can't be. It probably wasn't. (laughs) It can't be in the last 20 months because they've only played two, two, uh, two. Boxing matches. This is their third. In 20 months. I don't know. <laughs> I still challenge it. I don't know if you guys can find it, but whatever. So the challenge is for three fights in the last 20 months? Is that what the challenge is? But I'm just saying this is a trilogy, but there's these so guys you're saying three times. So In the last 20 months? or The challenge doesn't make sense to me, but well, if he's saying within three fights in the last 20 months and you're saying two fights in the last 20 months, then it's fine. Then the challenge is legit. So are you challenging three fights in 20 months, Kev? Sure, if that's what it's going to be, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, okay. it, it is a trilogy, so it has to be three. So, yeah. Okay. So when was the first... When was the first one? Fuck, we're, are we giving Jesse a point here? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, shut up. <laughs> I was trying to get you guys to walk that one back. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Unless he's going to lose. Now, Josh, keep talking. Yeah. So I guess uh, as this is being uh, looked up, I'll carry on with my MMA. First one was December 1st, 2018. That's definitely not 20 months from now. Uh, am I going to hold on here until we figure this out? I just over. figured it out. Dover. <laughs> Dover. Just like the MMA. We have this uh, Lupita Lupita. My goodness. Lupita. Lupita Lupi Gonzalez, who was born in Mexico but fights out of uh, Longley, British Columbia, submitted her opponent, uh, Sylvia Gomez Javers on Saturday to earn her first win in the UFC. So, good tall, the Mexican-Canadian won. Um, number six, Frank Strawweight, Marina Rodriguez, put on a striking clinic against Mackenzie Dern to win by decision in the UFC Vegas 39 main event. I think these guys should go down to a sudden death. Fuck this decision shit. Uh, in some other news, though, we have the UFC light featherweight uh, Luis Pena has been arrested for the second time in five months. Pena, 28, was taken into custody on Saturday in Deerfield Beach, Florida, on charges of battery causing bodily harm and battery domestic violence. Um, he, has, he is being held on a $1,000 bond. I don't know what Dana White's going to do about this character. I mean, you can't, him. Be, can't be doing anything like that, man. Fire <laughs> him, demote him. Fight him. Fight him. 
Dana probably would kick his ass too. I mean, that, this Dana White man, he, he's pretty big boy. He knows what the fuck's going on. Uh, I guess we're gonna go into our boxes here again, guys. Well, I just want to say one thing about uh, Canada the qualifiers. So they are in fourth place right now after this weekend. He's talking uh, soccer. Yeah, he's talking yeah, about so, the, Yeah, the qualifiers for for soccer going to Qatar, and they were in third before this weekend and they tied Mexico, which was superstar for us. Um, and they got their first goal in Mexico. And I think you said their Yoshi was 1980. Yep. I said, I said the 80s, so whatever, but yeah, it was, it was a good job. And it was by Jonathan or Zerio, who is, was with uh, uh, Toronto STFC for a while. And he's, He's a pretty good player for us, and it's just awesome to see how competitive they've been. They ended up tying Jamaica nil-nil. We really could have used that point for sure. Yeah, or three points. Three right? points, yeah. Three yeah. points, because we got the point. But we needed the we needed that. And they have not won a game yet, Jamaica. So it's kind of it kind of sucks for us not getting the three there. But it's also still awesome to watch. There's still a bit more to go but they need to get in that top three to qualify for the Qatar. They play again on Wednesday, right? I don't know when their next match is, to tell you the truth. I heard they play on Wednesday, and it's like the biggest game fucking ever. It's supposed to be at um, BMO, BMO Field, isn't it? Uh, I, I think you're right. Eh? Being home, he says you can't wait to come home because it's going to make the it's going to make it even much better. I think you're right. They haven't played a lot of home games in these qualifiers here. Yeah, it's Costa Rica. Well, they're right below us, so we need to definitely get three points here. I should bring this with us then, right? <laughs> should. Should look for tickets. I got nothing to do. <laughs> so the boxing challenge, the first fight was in December 2018. The second fight was February 2020. And the third fight was October 2020. Sorry, 2021, which makes two fights in the last 20 months. Boom. Bang. You're welcome, Jesse. <laughs> I much appreciate it. I tried to help you there, bud. Hey, man, that's okay. I mean, whatever. It's, it's those damn Zodiacs. I mean, fuck's sakes. Kev, who do you got in your penalty box? Uh, I'm going to put... Uh, the Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse, in my box. Now, with Toronto's second, exhibi- second exhibition game against the Philadelphia on Thursday, now the Josh Lundberg asked Nick Nurse on, a, on the media thing for his starters, and Nick went, with, Nick went on to say, I have Kyle, Goran, OG, Scotty, and Precious. Now, I believe I heard something in the background as a reporter said, Kyle? And then Nick went on to say, excuse me, Freddie. Nick nursed uh, mistakenly or purposely, jokingly, included Larry in his starting lineup when uh, speaking to the media. It was a mistake. Yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah, he he did He's, kind of do little eye rolls and like, oh, oh my, ha, 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 kind of thing. But yeah, you know, he fucked up. But uh, the Raptors we did went on to go lose that game to 25, 125 to 113. So, Nick, I mean, you should know your starting lineups by now, right? He's Kyle's been saying, team. Kyle, that 
fucking ever since he's been the head coach of the Raptors. And before that, when he was an assistant. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick Nurse, Kyle is no longer on your team there, bud. You know this. Uh, but as we all would love to see Kyle be there, because if he was, I don't think the Raptors probably would have lost that game. But they did. Preseason. Preseason. Yeah, no preseason. Yeah, yeah. Game. <laughs> I'm going to say game. I mean, it's preseason. Is what I meant. It's practice. Yeah. You're talking I'm about talking practice? The They're talking about the practice. But yeah, Kyle was there. They probably would have won that. I mean, like, this is harsh to be put in the penalty box for this. Like, <laughs> any one of us can be put in the penalty box. We mess up names constantly. <laughs> I mean, we just get challenged. <laughs> but, Nick oh. Nurse, again, you're there. I don't know what to tell you, bud. But Kyle's been playing longer. pretty well for uh, for the, the Heat, too. Thus, part of the reason why they're 3-0 and in the preseason. Is he lighting up the preseason? I mean, he's not like he's not playing full minutes, so it's not like he's putting forty points up. But he's he's been doing pretty good. Jesse, so he's pra- he's practicing. Your box there. He's what practicing there? really well. You're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, a, a three ball was his first fucking the first bucket when he was a a Heat. So that's uh, that's usually a good sign for Kyle. All right, so in my penalty box, I got the NFL kickers. They had a horrible, awful week this week. And uh, so after Sunday night, the the kickers actually did their job there. They didn't really miss – they didn't miss a field goal or extra point. So kudos to Buckner and I think Bass is on the bills. But the rest of the kickers before then had missed a whopping 12 extra points – and 12 extra field goals. So, yeah, this is horror awful. So this is the worst. This, it ties the Super Bowl record for week since week 11 in 2016, the year after the NFL moved the PATs back to the 15-yard line. It's been that long since they moved it back? Holy... Yeah, so 2015 is when they moved it back, but it was this has just been quite embarrassing. And we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but the Browns and Packer games was no oh one wanted God. <laughs> no one wanted to win this game. No one did. Yeah. There was challenge. Play- Bengals Packers. What did I say? Browns. Boom. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Drink another Jesse. You're right. Yeah. Why the fuck is the Browns in there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Minus one for Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Get him, Josh. Get him. Get yeah. him. I don't know. I'm, I copied that too, and I just read it, and I was like, "Well." And that says Cincy down there below. All right. Well, anyways, definitely right. It was definitely the Cincy and Green Bay. That's what I should have went with. But uh, yeah, Mason Miss was a part of that, and McPherson missed a bunch there. They went to miss a five go-ahead game game-winning field goals in the final minutes of regulation and overtime. I think Crosby, it was like two minutes and 12 seconds into like the, the fourth quarter and beyond is when all this shit started with the field goals. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So Crosby also missed a PAT on his own earlier in the game as well, though he did make the final game-winning kick in OT. And then Tristan Vascano. Missed two 
of his five PAT attempts in the latter, which would have tied the game with three minutes and 15 seconds remaining. And this one had the Browns playing the Chargers. Right, Peter St. Louis? (laughs) (laughs) What I was trying to get at. (laughs) You didn't like LA because they're the only LA team. Your LA team used to be St. Louis. That's all. Yeah, St. Louis. St. Louis Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this happened. And as the Chargers rallied, the Chargers ended up rallying to beat the Browns. Bill Viscano did not get another PAT or field goal attempt in that game. So there's just been a lot of misses. And I believe, I think his name is is Fair Baron from Houston, had a chance to win against the Patriots. So the Patriots struggled with Houston, which we were just saying was a team that the Jags could beat. He missed a couple field or extra points. And I think Nick Folk missed an extra point and well in that game. So there's just been – these kickers are just being terrible, and that's why I got them in my box right now. It's Yosh? pretty sad if you can't kick an extra point. I mean, come on. I mean, granted, they have moved it back to make it harder. But on, Jesus. You're paid to do it. You're paid to kick a fucking field goal. For sure. It's, it's, it's brutal on all accounts, but it's just it's – just, it, ha- it hasn't been a good year to begin with, but the – one o'clock and four o'clock games were just just terrible for extra points and field goals. Like that's a lot of missed field goals. Yeah, and I think he, like you said, like McPherson thought he had won it and he hit the flag. Hit the fucking flag to the left, the left of the goalpost. Yeah, just horror awful. But hopefully next week is something different and they get it together. Yosh, who do you got in your penalty box? So I got John Gruden in my penalty box and actually we just got some news. So let me just start by uh, going through my, my initial box and then we'll we'll update here. So uh, Gruden allegedly used racist language to describe the NFL PA's chief Demore Smith in a 2011 email Uh, email was sent when he was working for ESPN and mocked Smith's lips. Uh, both the NFL and the Raiders have released statements condoning his actions, but since uh, Gruden did not work for the Raiders or the NFL, it's going to be pretty hard to, to punish him. Uh, although he probably should be punished in some, uh, in some respect. Now I was watching the Sunday night uh, football and during the, during the halftime telecast uh, ESPN analyst, Mike Tarico and former NFL player and coach Tony Dungy both said that they have never heard anything uh, of such, such such racism from Gruden uh, throughout all the years that they've known him. And Mike Tirico worked side-by-side side during that time uh, when they were doing Monday Night Football together. Um, and so there, you know, there's kind of a... Not that they didn't believe that it happened because obviously it did. The, the, the emails were leaked and they came, they came out and they said, but, uh, but Tirico and, and Dungy, who are both black said that they have never heard anything uh, from Gruden of this type. Now, Dungy then said that Gruden has since apologized. He's apologized a couple of times. Dungy said that Gruden should realize or does realize that it was unacceptable, uh, you know, a stupid thing to say. But he also said that, you know, this thing happened 10 years ago. He understands his mistake and everybody kind of needs to move on, which was an interesting take. Uh, from Gruden, or sorry, from uh, from Dungy. I, 
not that I was expecting Denji to throw him under the bus, but um, it's definitely something that he needs to be uh, accountable for. And he's, I guess he's taking his, taking this into account and saying he is accountable and whatnot. Um, so bef- just before the show, it was released that the Marie Smith has responded to uh, these allegations and so on and so forth and has said that um, I'm not sure if he said, yeah, hundred percent that this email was, was, because it wasn't sent to him. It was sent to another uh, NFL executive or, uh, or a, uh, somebody in an, on another NFL team. But he says that obviously that we know it's not good and that we still have work to do. And by that, he meant means in the race, the whole racism, uh, aspect of life where you know you still got these uh, these pro coaches and these high profile people saying stupid things uh, that should not be said uh, so he he acknowledged that something need to be done and that we're still working and we're still we're still fighting the fight against racism uh, he also said that uh, he and John spoke but did not really get into it too much and that they were going to uh, speak again in the near future to kind of uh, you know go over this and so that that Gruden could officially apologize to him in person type thing. Um, now, just as you were t- telling us about your box, I just got a notification that said John Gruden is set to resign as the Las Vegas Raiders coach due to this and more, uh, more emails apparently being uh, come out. Are you fucking uh, kidding me? Not kidding, man. Literally that Pete just showed it on the zoom uh, screen. I was literally, my head was down and I was literally looking at the same thing. Um, wow so this is all this is from i guess gruden and from uh, the raiders saying that he will not be part of the team going forward oh um, this is uh this is quite the this is quite the uh oh my god quite the happenings here now I, breaking I news breaking news yeah 100 <laughs> now do i do i agree with this i think i have to i Come mean on. yes it took yes it was 10 years ago but can you allow by by keeping John Gruden on your staff? That means that you're okay with racism in any shape, way, shape, or form, in my opinion. So I, I think this was a smart move by the Raiders to walk away from this. Um, they have been playing half decent until uh, the last two weeks when um, they got beat. But just the crazy. Raiders, the Raiders went from this. Right, so you're so you're still a fucking Atlanta fan now, or what? Now, yep. <laughs> fucking right. Chucky's gone, man. That's just some bullshit. I think we oh, have uh, you on the podcast saying how much you like Chucky, though. I love Chucky. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, there was some more prejudice emails that uh, had come out that I I just because after you said this and Peter showed, I started looking, and it was uh, prejudice towards. Uh, Michael Sam, the yeah, and he chirped, openly gay player drafted. Yeah, and he chirped Goodell pretty good too, and some other emails oh, yeah. as well. So yeah, um, apparently it, this guy isn't uh, isn't all peaches and flowers. Way to go, Chucky! You cockroach. And uh, the person that leaked the or was sent to, I don't know who leaked it, but it was uh, Bruce Allen, the president of the Washington football team. Everybody's just so fucking sensitive these days. Washington's got enough racist bullshit that they've had to deal with and, you know, with with their team name and whatnot. So it's kind of, I don't know if it's fitting, but kind of fitting that he sent that email to a Washington uh, exec. Exactly. It's kind of odd. 
but uh, it's just crazy. I was, I can't believe that. Uh, Chucky's the way he is. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, that's the way he is, but that's not right. No, you it's know? definitely not right. I mean, I mean, he can go as far as in regards to like Don Cherry. Now, when he said you people, I don't know who he's referring to, but when he said you people need to start wearing poppies or start supporting, I mean. Either way, man, it's. Uh, yeah, it's bad. It's not a good thing, so. So it's by the sounds of things, Gruden's out, and uh, who knows who we'll see. I would assume next week you're going to see it's got to just be interim, got to be an offensive or defensive coordinator within the within the team right now. But who knows what will happen? Maybe they roll with them that that guy or 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 girl, depending on right. who who is uh, coaching for them. But I assume that they roll with that guy or girl for the rest of the season. Maybe they pick somebody else up. But who's who's out who? there? Right. Exactly. Like who's out there that's that's going to be better than these than these DCs or OCs that they exist, that currently have. So well, they won't they won't find someone. It'll be definitely within house. Yeah, yeah. Sure. They won't they won't sign someone to do that. But like besides this, like you said, Joe, who's available? They or, they well, won't. The thing. It'll be it'll be. I don't. I can't remember who else is on the Raiders coaching staff. But it is wild because they were undefeated a week ago. Right tonight like it's it's crazy they're three and two now and now they just lost their coach so i don't i don't know it's gonna be it'd be interesting to see who they pick and if they can rally around the interim coach but it's a shot to a lot of raiders fans oh man for sure and that was going to become one for fuck's sakes well i mean you can still be a raider fan let's put it this way it's not the raiders that said anything Chucky's not there. I mean, that guy was just, uh, I don't know. He was a great, 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 great coach. I mean, he brought Tampa Bay to their first friggin' uh, championship. I mean, I don't know. I just like, I just like Rudin. I mean, his ethics is, is shenanigans, but if you're doing something like this, dumb, dumb, whatever. Kev's a big fan of the spider two Y banana. It's a play call, man. Come on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you played football. <laughs> hey, man, I was a left guard. I played football. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> <laughs> not, not too many people know what John Gruden's play calls are. That's why they're fucking her right out to lunch. Anyway, Gruden, you had to resign. I didn't know that until just now. But <laughs> it was probably also making fun of that fucking um, whatever team's uh, locker room. But I also probably did it right there too. No, just by chirping a locker room. No. Yeah, yeah, no. I was out was chirping Sofi's locker room, <laughs> visiting <laughs> locker room. Yeah. I know, man. Anyway, you just Gurns in my box. <sighs> Petey, who you got? Oh yeah, on a slightly later topic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Yankees announcer uh, John Sternel. Because in the wildcard game against the Red Sox, he completely botched the call of a single hit by Giancarlo Stanton that hit off the top of the monster in the first inning because he thought it was a home run. And so I have the quote here. I'm going to say it as best I can. And you'll see why he's in my box. Yeah, you definitely got to replicate this really good here. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. <laughs> Okay. 
the pitch to Stanton. Drilled! There it goes, deep to left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what did I wait? What did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. <laughs> so that's the quote. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, I like it. That was good. That was good. You know what, for, for that good call, you can take one of Jesse's points. <laughs> it wasn't that good. No, it was that good. It was that good. So in his defense, I'm pretty sure Stanton thought it was a home run too, because I'm pretty sure this could have been a double. But he was uh, eyeballing his head a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he crushed the ball, but it hit just off the top of the monster and came right back into play. So it was not a home run. And he only got to first base. That was and... pretty funny. That would have been a pivotal turn too. Like that would have been – would have yeah. been a good thing for the Yanks. Obviously, a home run is good, but you know, yeah, it would have brought sure. them. I'm not sure taking, when was, was first it? Inning. It was first inning. They first were taking an early. Yeah, yeah, so this could have definitely changed the tone. Yeah. Yeah. But not to be only a single, and I'm pretty sure he got stranded. Yeah, he said like it's out of the ballpark when it's being thrown back into the infield. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, might have stopped paying attention after he was convinced it was a home run. Fair enough, but still, you're a commentator. Your whole your whole job is to watch the game and say what happens and relay the message to everybody else. Yeah, and I, I think he's a radio commentator too. So, like, people that are listening can't see what's happening. <laughs> They're all fucking losing their shit. Yeah, home run! Wait, wait, what did I see wrong? Why is he on first? We don't know what you saw because we can't see. <laughs> Anyways, it was hilarious. That's why he's in my box. Well deserved. Out of boy. Why don't we dive into the points and penalty scores this week? Big week. Yeah, it was a big week. Yeah. Let's start by adding one to Peter and taking one from Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just kidding. Okay, so we'll start off with the out of bounds. Uh, Josh lost a point to Jesse on that. You cannot catch a ball when you go out of bounds. That's wide receiver. Illegal touching. Uh, the Chargers, not the Rams. Uh, so Jesse gets a point off me for this one. The I may have worded poorly, but I, I think I was on the right track here. I was trying to say that because there were Chargers were in L.A., and that's the only reason Jesse doesn't like them. But <laughs> But the Rams, but the Rams are fucking not from LA when Jesse became a fan anyway. But anyway, I'll take my minus, no problem. Uh, Tarasi's age, uh, Josh picks up a point off Kev because she is 39 years old. Uh, Fury versus Wilder in 20 months, Jesse picks up a point off Kev. There's only two fights in 20 months, not three. And the Browns are the Bengals. Josh picks up a point off of Jesse on that. Uh, I, I, I had a Peter moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more of a copy and paste. Fucking stupid reporter. <laughs> hey, that's why you don't uh, plagiarize work. Uh, do your own fucking <laughs> homework, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> you gotta read uh, the articles. Okay. <laughs> I clearly don't 
check the grammar of them or <laughs> spell check. So that brings our scores. So today, Peter was a minus one. That goes to plus five on the season. I took one already. It was 14. I went to 16. You fucking guy. You're messing with my system. <laughs> uh, so Kev was a minus two on the day. It drops to minus 16. Jesse is a plus two on the day. You goes up to plus 14 and is quickly running away with this thing. Gonna be du- double digits above the second place soon. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. By the way, the steak is from uh, McDonald's, so don't get too excited. McDonald's <laughs> doesn't make steak. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do a special order. It's just gonna yeah, be yeah. a hamburger. It's That's just right. a hamburger. They call it steak. Can I please get a Big Mac, no bun, no <laughs> topping. <laughs> Yeah, we're no gonna, sauce. We're gonna go to like charcoal or some yeah. shit like that. Losers get to pick. Uh, and Josh, who was plus one on the day, moves up to minus eight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be so proud of that, but hey, you got a boy. It's better than minus nine. <laughs> or minus, or, you know, plus fourteen. Yeah. That is true. So that brings us into how was your drink. Let's start with our fucking reigning champion here, Jesse. Well, the Mill Street Hazy Organic IPA was super good. I like the Mill Street stuff a lot. I had it last week and continue that trend. Probably change it up next week, but really good. Came second to the alcohol content, but I'm first everywhere else, so we're good. Well, that's not true. You're only first in one place. <laughs> only, place that, only place that matters. Josh, right is ahead of you. Josh is ahead of you in the, uh, the lock of the week. Yeah. Kev's ahead of you in the alcohol percentage. I'm not worried about the lock. You're, right. you're only winning one race. It's okay. I still blame the Washer House tournament. <laughs> well, it's been a cascading effect because all I've been doing is winning after. Yeah, you <laughs> picked up some serious momentum. <laughs> <laughs> all he does is win, 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 no matter what, what, what. <laughs> uh kev how was your zodiac oh man it kicked my arse i tell you what that's, that's how you got drink. your second point i mean the zodiac 6.2 percent strong beer I, I honestly grabbed it because it was like i don't know grabbed my eye it was completely all black some green you know some symbols and some it's a cool other, can other thing it is a very cool can that's why i grabbed it who's it from uh i don't know i can't remember either i don't know it says uh go back Omen to the Omen the, <laughs> the instas <laughs> but i mean it was good i mean second one was the better one first one always harsh but all in all you know i'd probably drink that again really yeah no, I probably would. I mean, like two or three of them into me first. I mean, the first one's always rough. But after that, man, everything goes down smooth. You know, I've already into my fourth, which is, you know, I'm happy that they've actually done a little change to this can because it's way better than the other one. Mm. Um, but all in all, I drink a Zodiac again. No problem. So where are we here? Pedro, how was yours? It was good. My uh, Tales from the Patch. It's a pumpkin pie spice porter from Big Rig Brewery. And like it says on the can, 
It's scary good. And it was. I liked it. But I'm a big fan of pumpkin pie as well. So, you know. It's an aphrodisiac. You know that, right? I did not know that. Is it really? Who yes. told you that? Challenge. challenge. Fuck it. All right. Challenge me. Uh, no. We're past that. All right. All right. Rick would rewind if you want to challenge him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Josh, how was yours? All right. My Fest beer, Oktoberfest Lager from Sons of Kent, 5.5%. It's pretty fucking good. Remind me of the old days when we used to fucking frequent Oktoberfest. Uh, ziggy, you know, zaggy, ziggy, zaggy. Oi, oi, oi. We used to do it like 14 days out of 14 days, but <laughs> not so much anymore. Uh, didn't end up going this year, but uh, we'll definitely make it out, I'm sure, next year. So, this Fest beer is really good. It's an Oktoberfest inspired lager brewed entirely with premium Bavarian malts and hops, deep amber in color with a malty body and a light hop finish. Prost! Prost! It was really ziggy good. Ziggy, ziggy, ziggy. Oi, 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 oi. oi. No, it was really good. I'd get it again. Um, I enjoyed this quite a bit. And uh, like I said, out of Sons of Kent, which is in Chatham. <laughs> Sounds like you missed Oktoberfest this year. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Episode 37 wrapping up on Turkey Day. So for everyone here at Points of Penalties, we'd like to thank you for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay, stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box. box.